Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? We do. Who needs a mixtape? You do. Who makes a mixtape? We do. Who needs a mixtape? You Hello everyone and welcome back to another fun and exciting edition of the Mixtape Podcast. I'm Jason Emmett. I'm Stevie. I'm Casey Masterpiece. Pimp, Daddy's Spank Dog. Who are you? Who is this guy? Pimp, Daddy's Spank Dog. I feel like we're, I feel like we're all spiking a little bit. It doesn't show that we are. I'm not. Uh, you know, I. You know, we're gonna. So we're gonna be changing. Uh, oh damn it! I didn't <laughs> yep, even know yep. that was coming. That's what, what she, she said. said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I am not going to finish what I was just about to say. I was literally going to say, we're going to be changing things up here. Apparently, we're not. We're going to do exactly the same. <laughs> same old shit. We are going to be changing things up here. We had, a, we had a big discussion over the last few weeks of some changes we wanted to make here and directions we wanted to take the show. And so from here on, uh, this entire show is going to be about Polly Pocket. What was Our that? Pocket pool. You, <laughs> you really got geared up to hit that slide whistle. Yeah, he, 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 he was. He was ready. Um no, we're actually we're going to be structuring things a little different. Yeah, um, jam. It's going to take us a while. Uh, first thing you're going to notice, and and for the few of you who loved it, I understand, but we're 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 going to be going to uh, we're going to be trying to keep it to an hour and a half from here on out. And there's reasons for that. Uh, if you stick with us, there here in the future, we're going to start doing live episodes, and people will actually be able to call in when we tell you you can. You can't be calling us the whole damn show now, Matt. You heard me. And <laughs> Stu was about to call Matt out, too. Uh, actually, Matt might be doing a segment on the show. There's going to be new segments, new skits, things like that are going to be taking place on the show. You're going to hear some some fun characters added to the show. Uh, we're going to have we're going to have a lot more audience interaction. Um, and uh, the episodes are going to be put together a little more succinctly. But in the end, we will still revert back to dick and fart jokes. I promise, because <laughs> that's what we're good at. He's been waiting to hit that slide whistle. <laughs> and the slide whistle, we are all getting one. No, so <laughs> oh, God, that would be great. Um, but like I said, uh, we're going to try to bring it down. It's going to take us a few weeks to get to the, the hour and a half thing, because we're like two and a half hour guys. But we only do. That's right, ladies. We're two and a half hour guys. Marathon, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to try to bring back a lot more news and things along those lines. Um, and you will, for those of you who used to listen to the Obscure 80s podcast, you're going to uh, hear a couple returning characters. One will be on tonight. And uh, there's actually going to be a segment added here and there called the Obscure 80s on this show. So, uh, And we're hoping to have a lot more guests. We're reaching out. We're trying to get some guests to appear on the show. And uh, we're just, we, we did this during the pan- pandemic. We started... And I almost said pandemic, pandemic, and I don't. Pandemic sounds like a genital pandemic, <laughs> like herpes. One of the things uh, that is really important. The, f- the first thing uh, we're going to set up a contest here in a few weeks to try to get some. Uh, we're we're actually very impressed. Um, 
we hadn't really been paying attention to uh, how many listeners we have. Uh, we never really ask you guys to. Can I play the contest? Yes, but I promise you won't win. Because oh. we won't let you. Um, we never really we we hadn't really paid much attention to how many listeners we had. We don't really ask for much interaction, but we're going to change that. We were pretty shocked the other day when we got uh, we're through Podbean and a dozen other places, but Podbean's who hosts us, and uh, I didn't know it, but apparently they keep track and they sent us a congratulations because of the number of listeners we have through just them. That's not iTunes or anything. I had no idea. So and I, I, I'm proud to say I'm one of those listeners, <laughs> well, even though I'm on the show. <laughs> Damn it, we're back down to 999. It was, it was shocking to me because uh, I didn't know, and I didn't know they were going to send that, so it was kind of cool. And that's just through them, and you know we have multiple other platforms, so we're, we're available through you know uh, every place but iHeartRadio because I can't get that shit situated every time I try it. Just... We're, available, we're available on Cameo as well. Anyway... Uh, I'm not on Cameo. Uh, Neither am I. I'm on Camel Toe. Um, <laughs> but one of the things we want to start having uh, is kind of call out to people a little bit is we would like to start hearing from you. Uh, back in the day, we had a phone line, and that's a little more difficult. We we're talking about setting it up. I mean, people can call Skype and leave messages, and maybe we'll do something along those lines. Yeah, we have but the emails and the voicemails. Mm-hmm. Until then, we would like you guys to start emailing us. Yes. Uh, our email address is yourmixtapepodcast at gmail.com. You can write us, tell us your 80s stories, tell us your 90s stories, 70s stories, some of your favorite music, anything along those lines. Again, that's yourmixtapepodcast at gmail.com. If you want to record little things and send them into the email, you can do that too. I hear nothing. Where, where are you going? You think somebody's knocking on our This is going to be interesting. Ooh, surprise. Yes. Surprise guest. Um, it's a bad time for Stewie to leave because he's the one who needs to tell you this, but we, we are actually on Twitter now. Um, so if you want to uh, start following us on Twitter, that would be great. I don't know what the Twitter is because Stu just set it up. But he's coming back now, and he can tell you what our Twitter is. I don't know it. It's You set it up, you numb nuts. It's. I, I did, but I've only been on it once. Hold on, I can actually look it up because I this just... bodes well. I don't know. I've only... I, I set it. it up, but only done one thing. Right. Oh, God. I think I, I, I sent something to the... We are on Twitter, though. To um, the Twitter account the other and day. And, of course, we are on Facebook, and those are... Uh, Twitter's new. Uh, I think we'll probably end up doing an Instagram soon, too, And uh, but we do post stuff on Facebook. Uh, we're just the mixtape, and mixtape is two words. It's at mix underscore tape underscore pod 60 or pod 76 so they'll miss a podcast let's look for it okay follow us on twitter Stu will tweet shit maybe no he needs to tweet shit that's what you do you tweet shit uh but write us all that good shit and we're gonna do be a contest here in a few weeks we're gonna we're putting it together there will be valuable cash and prizes no cash and the prizes might not be that valuable but they will be cool whatever they are but it's going to be a contest. You might want to be thinking about this soon. If you're a listener to the show, what we're going to end up having you do is tell a friend about the show. And if you get your friend to listen and you both email us, let us know you're listening, you both get entered to win a prize. And I, in the end, we'll end up drawing. I just tweeted shit. Stu tweeted shit because I said Stu tweets shit. Mm-hmm. Clever. <laughs> Not. That was corny. I don't really like my friend. I mean, you all saw me hit the button the first time. There wasn't supposed to be that big of a gap. I hit the button. It didn't make noise, and then I had to hit it a second time, so it made me look like I didn't hit the button, but I did. 
Uh-huh. Ouch. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? No. All right. Fuck off. Um, That's a flesh wound. Oh, and one of the things we're going to be doing when we do the live shows is we're going to... Sound better. Oh, God, guys. We have got some interesting... We're going to start doing games on this show, and yes. some of them will just be us, but we will have you guys call in and participate in some of the games. You might be able to win things like uh, mixtape stickers and things like that, because merchandise will be coming soon, too. So Sweet. Uh, so things are going to be amping up around here. We hope you guys, um, you know, start interacting with us. Hey, man, if you want to, like, record yourself singing some kind of 80s or 70s karaoke and sending it into. Your mixtape podcast at gmail.com. We might just play that one. No, drunk karaoke is the best. Damn. Not, not <laughs> might. If you record yourself singing 70s or 80s or 90s karaoke, we will play it on the show. Damn right, we will. There's some, there's some guy named Casey trying to follow the tape, mixtape. You should Stupid. let him. He might yeah. be part of the Sunshine Band. Stupid. Um, <laughs> so we have news this week. Uh, it's a segment we want to bring back. We actually should have music and shit, but I, was, I wasn't lazy. I actually did a shit ton this week. Thank you. New sound. <laughs> so we do have some news this week. Um, the first thing, of course, is uh, we're going to be talking <laughs> reboots. Uh, oddly enough, we were talking about her tonight, but Bewitched, the show about a witch living in suburbia that ran until 1972, uh, reboot is in the talks. The new take on the classic would feature an interracial family with a young black single mom who is also a witch who marries an immortal. Uh, the show is also from Blackish creator Kenya Barris and writer producer Yamara Taylor. So I don't watch Blackish, but I watch Mixedish and I really like it. And I, I assume, and they're, they're going to do Oldish now. Have you seen that? No. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Not, not much known about it right now. <sighs> Metal Mikey, I'm sorry about the thing I'm about to lay on you, and we'll see. It could be good. I don't know. But Netflix might be giving us Conan the Barbarian. Yes, they keep trying to redo Conan, and it doesn't seem to work, but they're going like to do it this time. I actually didn't see the last Conan movie, and so I don't know. I can't speak if it was any good or not. Um, I never saw it either. Uh, but it would seem they're not really ready to give up yet. The film from 1982, which starred Arnold will uh, be revamped into a series, and according to Deadline, the series from Frederick Malmberg and Mark Wheeler's Pathfinders Media is the first in a deal between the streaming services and Conan Properties International. Under this deal, Netflix will be able to develop TV and film properties that are live-action and animated. There's currently no word on what the series will be about uh, Conan. So... As long as they get Grace Jones to voice the cartoon characters, it'll be all right. Eat your tiger meat. We might get to meet the Jetsons for real. We've been talking, a lot of us have talked about this for a long time, but this is going to blow your mind. Yes, they're in talks of a live-action sitcom of the beloved cartoon series that depicts a family in the future. I'm going to go ahead and say this right now, and if you guys want to disagree, that's okay. And I know this isn't who they're going to cast, but this is who they should cast. Steve Buscemi. Ed Helm <laughs> as George Jetson. Who's that helm? Rosie O'Donnell as the voice of Rosie the Robot. Who's Rosie? I'd I'd push the robot out the fucking window if I had to listen to that voice all day. Julie Bowen as Jane. Julie Bowen. I like that choice. Julie Bowen. You know who she is? Okay. Uh, Modern Family. She was on Modern Family. Uh, And Jason Alexander as Spacely Sprockets. Spacely. I could see that. Yeah, I could totally see that. I think it'd be. Who's Ed Helm? Like he's, office. He's, he doesn't watch The Office. He's right. not, not going to know him unless he sees him. There's no way he would know who he was unless he saw him. 
those are just two I think. I, I do think you should go for Jason Alexander as Spacely. I think who else at this point? I mean, years ago I said Danny DeVito, but he's way too old now. Yeah. So Jason Alexander would probably make a pretty good Spacely, I think. Yeah, he would. Um, anyway, that could happen. A sitcom, though. Like a, a live studio audience yeah, sitcom. Wow. Who's going to play Astro? I still think Danny DeVito could do it. I don't think so. He's getting up there, man. Well, he's in, uh, let's see, It's Always Sunny. And That's true. Clueless, the 1990 film, 1995 film, is getting a new series, sort of. Uh, the reboot will focus on the character of, I don't know, how do you say her name? Dion, Dion, played by Stacey Dash in the original film. And her best friend and right-hand woman, Cher, famously portrayed by Alicia Silverstone, has mysteriously disappeared. So I thought it first thing, and then I read it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, so... Deadline reported that the new show is like if Mean Girls meets Riverdale meets a Lizzo music video and describes it as, I'm going to tell you what they said, a baby pink and bisexual blue-tinted tiny sunglasses-wearing oatmeal latte and Adderall-fueled look at high school life in the modern era. I'm out. (laughs) Hold on. Ready my next line. I wrote this. I wrote this. Ready? Personally, I think the show. I think this shows that they missed the point behind the original film, but we shall see. Clueless is a great movie. Uh, it really so like Saved by the Bell. They just they're gonna screw it up. But okay, so if you ever if you know anything about Starship Troopers, and then they tried to make all these serious sequels, mm-hmm. and Starship Troopers is a sat- satirical look at war. Yeah, and then they tried to make all these serious movies. I'm like, and and same with Clueless. So you're you're trying to make Riverdale, which I don't even see why Riverdale needs to be Riverdale. Like, why did you have to call it like Archie? Like, it has nothing to do with Archie. You just use the names of the characters from Archie, but it's about a murder mystery and stuff. So, Clueless can't. I don't. I mean, it may still be a comedy, and maybe it will. Like, I don't. Maybe she's not dead. I don't know. Who who fuck knows? We we I'm sure. Some other rumors in the uh, rumor mill. We're not going to get deep into them, but these are reboots with the original cast, mind you. Nash Bridges, yes, with Cheech. Okay. Uh, Frasier might be coming back to do another series or two, or season or two. I never even saw the um, first one. And they're talking about a reboot of Designing Women. So you had some news you wanted to talk about before I get into the past, the deaths, right? But Marilyn Manson, well, yeah. all his allegations and whatnot. Yeah, I thought you wanted to talk about Marilyn Manson beating the shit out of people. Beats up women, apparently. Yeah, it's... Uh, Esme Bianco from uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and also Evan Rachel Wood. Um, Rachel uh, Evan Wood, yes. Yeah, yeah who's uh, right currently on Westworld and was, uh, you might remember, she was in uh, Across the Universe and yeah, Spider-Man did, Turn Off the Dark. Um, right. Didn't Dita Von Teese come out and say something about him as well? Uh, yeah. In, in, in a nutshell, he put his hands on people He's that he wasn't women. supposed to. He was pretty much beating he women. He looks like you should be able to just pretty much clock him once in the face and knock his ass cold, right? You figure. Well, he did play an inmate, so I guess he uh, He is getting a little bigger and chunkier and weird looking these days. It really sucks when you Yeah, he don't look stuff. like a crackhead anymore. Honestly, I never really took him as the type. Yeah, we liked him so. when he looked like a crackhead. It's, a little, it's kind of weird. Like I, <laughs> I never pictured him as the type. To yeah, believe it or not. But yeah, my bad. I thought. We're yeah, what? It is your bad. So, Whatever. No, no. Yeah, you <laughs> suck. Let's talk about dead people, shall we? How many people have we killed this? <laughs> we week? haven't. We didn't kill. <laughs> we we definitely need a need an opener sounder. So, for that um, 
<laughs> of course, we just Sound lost a casket uh, opening. We just lost Prince Philip. He was 99 years old. Prince Philip. Good boy, for him. So, yeah, I've got kind of a special one I want to talk about here in a second, but I'll do oh, that. Not good for him that he died, but good for him. We're he making made it, it to 99. 99 right? Oh, is a prince never a king? Um, right. So this one kind of hit me a little hard, and probably you guys won't know who it is until I actually have uh, some a little bit to play. But uh, Quindon Tarver died. Uh, he was a child star, sort of best known for his covers of Prince's When Doves Cry and uh, Rosala's Everybody's Free from the 1996 film William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. He was actually killed in a car accident on April, in April uh, this, well, this April. He was only 38. He was actually working on, uh, from all accounts from some of his family, he was working on a comeback and he was trying to get back out there. I figured I'd play a little clip. This is just a few... Um, I don't know, about a minute or so, minute and a half, a little bit of his, his version of When Doves Cry, which actually has Prince in it, and then his version of, uh, well, you, you'll know the second song. So this is Quindon. See if you guys recognize him. He was just a kid when he did this. This was 1996. So. probably recognize this is what most people know him from right here brother and sister together we'll make it through oh yeah actually had the soundtrack for Romeo and Juliet Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet amazing movie too great movie the killer soundtrack yes I know you know what this is you will you've been hurting but I've been waiting to be there there's, for you. There's two versions, um, and there's one and that's a little I'll more common. Just helping you out whenever I can. Kids got some pipes. Everybody's you know what song is now? Oh, you don't know everybody's free to feel good? Anyway, he passed away. Car wreck. Very sad. 38. Bring the show down. To feel good. Oh, to feel good. There you go. <laughs> you didn't make faces over here. Uh, and then, of course, um, we lost Beverly Cleary. Um, children's what, book. 103? 104. Children's book author died on March 25th in her home in Carmel, California. 104 years old, best known for writing Henry Huggins, The Mouse on the Motorcycle, Beezus and Ramona. Um, yeah, we, the I mean, Mouse on the Motorcycle? We, yeah, grew up reading some yeah. of the books. So. Um. And, of course, uh, we lost DMX this week is kind of the big, or, well, last week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, DMX got his start in the music industry at the age of 14 in 1984 when he began to beatbox for Ready Ron. Wow. Um, after serving time in prison for stealing a dog, he became he began writing his own lyrics and performing at the local uh, recreation center for young children. In February of 1998, he released his debut major label single, 
Get At Me Dog on Def Jam Recordings. The single received the RIAA certification of gold. His first major label album, It's Dark and Hell is Hot, which included the single Rough Riders Anthem. And it also included was the in, bonus of the Reading Rainbow cover. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was released in May of 1998. The album debut... Oh, fuck. Did we talk about him? Did you kill DMX? It wasn't my fault. Because <laughs> we didn't talk about him on the no, rap but episode. When we, t- when we talked about the, uh, the <laughs> PBS forgot. episode, you brought Reading Rainbow up. We talked about And you brought song. DMX up. I didn't bring him up. No, I didn't bring you him up. You spanking... <laughs> Okay, I'll take credit for DMX, damn it. We always Since kill Since nobody people. else will, I will. We always kill everybody. X is going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, X ain't giving it to nobody because he's in a hole. We are. Oh, God. Damn it. Uh, where was I? Rough Rider Anthem. Uh, going to hell? Um, uh, the album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 charts in the U.S. and sold over 5 million copies. In December 1998, he released his second album, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. That was the best one. It debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and went multi-platinum. He released his third album and best-selling album, and then there was X. On December 21st, 1999, it was his third album to debut at number one on the Billboard 200. Its most popular single, Up In Here, Party Up In Here. Uh, This became his first top ten hit on the R&B charts and was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Rap Solo Performance that year. So, uh, It's very sad if you read a lot about his life. He he struggled a lot. He had a lot of problems. Um, Supposedly, he died from a heart attack. Um, There's speculation that the drugs were involved that led to the heart attack. If you read about what happened, it's very sad. Um, In the end, they tried... They took it rushed from the hospital. Um, they were trying to resuscitate him for almost half an hour. Of course, lost oxygen to the brain, so he was in a vegetative state for a few I'd, days. I'd actually read something about uh, fentanyl, too, involved in yeah, that. Uh, sure there was. You know, He's struggled with drug addiction for years. Has like 15 kids or some shit, too. He's been busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Very sad. He was fifty years old. So uh, we did not. He did not make it into our rap episode. Um, amazingly enough, none of us really, which is weird because I do like DMX. Always did. So also an actor too. He was in quite a few movies. So. Yeah, with Jet Li. Oh. So uh, yeah, he was in a movie with Jet Li. He was in a movie with uh, Steven Seagal. Ooh, he's been in a few movies. This was right towards the end of Steven Seagal being good. <laughs> so. Um, before we head into the show proper, we'll, like I said, we have a segment this week, but I want to give a couple shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to our boy, Metal Mikey. Uh, he has a new podcast called Dazed and Maimed. Yay, Mikey. I know you can find it on Podbean. Uh, I'm going to assume it's on... I, I listen to it through Podbean, but I'm going to assume it's on iTunes. Uh, but I've been listening to it. If you're into retro gaming, Mikey, it's a pretty good show, bud. I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not even always into... Some, some of the games he talks about, I am. Some I don't know, but I like his structure. I like where he's going, and it's Metal Mikey, so he's fun. He doesn't go by Metal Mikey on it. What's up, dude? He's just Michael Peacock stuff. What the hell? You're Stick to met- your roots. You're Metal Mikey, and you Stick to the tiger meat. Apparently, he forgot where he came uh, from. But Mikey's a great guy. You'll remember him from our wrestling episode. We've known him for a long time. We so love you, Metal Mikey. Uh, we also have a couple other friends that do podcasts that we haven't really talked a lot about. We talk about Patrick a lot, but he has a really good um, horror-related podcast. It's actually an award-winning horror-related podcast, um, complete with his own, shall we say, bend <laughs> on things. Um, it's it's where horror gets gay. How yeah. long has he Wait, been uh, doing it? I thought it was get bent. Not anymore. Oh. Now it's where horror gets gay. Um, I don't know. He's been doing it for a while. Uh, it's called Scream Queens with a Z. 
Uh, yeah, he was doing that when he was doing obscure eighties. Yeah, he started. Yeah. he started after us, but he's been doing it since then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a couple, uh, probably two, probably two years after we started. So it's been a long time. Yeah. He's, it's award-winning show at this point. He's he's won awards. People people like Scream Queens. He has a loyal uh, listener base, and it's Patrick. So that's awesome. Congrats, Pat. He talks about some really. He talks about show movies you have heard of and ones you just totally haven't. And some of them sound horrible, but the way he talks about them, you really want to watch them because Patrick has his own personality and it's right. fantastic. Uh, another friend of the show, uh, Brother D. Uh, Brother D. Uh, you might know him as Derek Cook. <laughs> we all we all know him as Brother <laughs> Brother D. D. He does uh, Monster Kid Radio. They they talk about um, like old horror films mm-hmm. from back in the day, and of course we'd be remiss if we didn't men- mention Scott and Tracy over at Disney Indiana. Um, they know everything about Disney, and they talk about it. And it's a good show. So go check out all of them. They are friends of the show, and we really appreciate them. And of course, the locals here, uh, Night Living Podcast, have been doing it as long as we were. So. Yeah. And they stuck around. They're still doing it. It's not longer. Yeah, I think they I, they might have started before us. We just didn't. We're right around the same damn time. Yeah. We didn't know about them at first, and they were right here in our own backyard. So Night Living Podcast is another podcast about horror, and they there's four of them uh, typically hosting the show, and they all have their own personalities. So. Yes, they do. <laughs> and they are all worth it. So uh, like I said, we're going to go into a segment, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about this week's topic, which is the rise of music television, a.k.a. I want my MTV da, 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 back. Da, 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 da. I want my MTV back. Um, so we will be back in about four minutes, and we're about to introduce you to um, fan favorite. I don't, I don't even know. You know what? It's, yeah. Hey guys, I'm Dexter Jackson, and this is Tech Talk. The segment that pushes these lowbrow idiots aside and delivers to you, the listeners, something of actual substance. So we all know the popular video game systems, Nintendo, Atari, Sega, but do you know what the first home video game console was? Designed by Ralph H. Baer, with assistance from engineers William Harrison and William Rush, it was the Magnavox Odyssey. They started tinkering with it in 1966, and by 1968, they had their working prototype. The Odyssey was crazy. It could be powered by an AC adapter that was sold separately, but the primary source for the power was 6C batteries. Consumers weren't sure what to make of it. It was packaged with dice, poker chips, as well as a score sheet, a game board, and fake money, leaving many to wonder if it was a computer game system or just a traditional game. It worked with what they called game cards, which were actually removable printed circuit boards that could be inserted into the game port. This is similar to a ROM cartridge slot, which many will remember from later systems. The interesting thing is though, the cards didn't hold any components, rather a series of simple electrical connections called jumpers. Let's get real sciencey here for a second. These jumpers would interconnect different logic and signal generators inside the game system to produce the game logic and screen output. Here's the thing about that output, there's no sound. 
Another thing was the color of the games, which was lacking. And so they offered a selection of translucent overlays that you could put on your television screen to simulate color graphics. These sizes were greatly limited, however, and were only available for two standard TV sizes. The Magnavox Odyssey did feature the first commercial available light gun, Thick Early Zapper. They called it the shooting gallery, and much like the AC adapter, it was sold separately. It also didn't work very well. In 1972, the system reached close to 100,000 units sold. Not horrible, but not great. Overall, the system was a flop. There were reasons for this. First, the marketing just wasn't great, and it never received mass attention. Second, and most important, people believed that you were only able to play this on a Magnavox television. Again, this goes back to the poor marketing. It was this belief, and bad marketing, that would later be used by Atari when they released the Pong Box units. Taking a dig at Magnavox, they used the phrase, works on any television set, black and white, or color. A total of 12 game cards and 27 games were released for the Magnavox Odyssey. With no real success with the video game world, Magnavox turned to another method of making money. They started suing people. First they sued Atari's Nolan Bushnell, claiming Pong was a ripoff of the Odyssey's tennis game. And let's face it, it probably was. I mean, there was only so much you could do with a line hitting a dot across another line, am I right? They also sued Mattel, Activision, Seaberg, and Coleco, and settled or won all their suits. Way to go, Mandavox. So that was it for the Odyssey, a system most of us probably never heard of. What's that? You're worried about Ralph Bear? Well, don't you fret. Old Ralphie did just fine. In 1978, he invented a classic handheld game for one of the few companies he didn't sue, Milton Bradley. That game? Simon. So there you have it, gamers. The next time you digitally download the new zombie map for Call of Duty or whatever weird dance for your Fortnite avatar, take a moment and remember where it all started. A cruddy looking system with no sound, bad graphics, and confusing premise. I'm Dexter Jackson and you've been listening to Tech Talk. You are listening to The Mixtape Podcast. Pull out those pencils and rewind that tape because it's time to get back to the show. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. We've gone for main engine start. We have main engine start. Population grew in numbers. Music grew in popularity. Man invented the radio and the phonograph. High fidelity made quite a splash. 
but it was full stereo sound that made the explosion. Soon television came along and gave us the gift of sight, but it was cable that gave us the freedom of choice. For a while, it seemed there was nothing new on the horizon. Announcing the latest achievement in home entertainment, the power of sight, video, the power of sound, MTV, music television. This is it. All right. (laughs) I hit the... (laughs) I don't matter. Who remembers MTV? I, do, I, I mean, do. real. I do. <laughs> Not the shit you get today. Who remembers that? That clip there was from the actual opening moments of MTV, 1981. So some of my earliest memories are, are, are were things like watching videos of Thriller and uh, Sledgehammer, having the shit scared out of me by Thriller, as a matter of fact. Waiting for hours to see videos like Sledgehammer, Land of Confusion, mm-hmm. um, Nothing but a good time. I remember we used to sit. We just we wanted to hear nothing but a good time by Poison. Me and my sister. We'd sit all day and watch MTV and just hoping that certain mm-hmm. videos would come on. Um, it helped launch a bazillion bands, uh, fashion trends, dance styles, personalities. It captured nostalgia in a time capsule that we have not seen since. MTV, the original MTV music television, kids, was something to behold. I. Don't understand what happened, reality TV. We'll go there at some point, but we're not going to go there today. Today, we're going to be talking about the M and MTV, when that M actually stood for music, and that's exactly what it delivered. I mean, that's where I found a lot of my it's where bands everybody that did. I listen to it's now. Where, it's that's actually, where I discovered a lot of new music. So, and we that that's a whole thing that'll get brought up in this in this episode. But the what MTV did to create. Or to launch bands. Oh yeah, that people did not know. They helped sell albums. We will talk about all that. That people would have never bought mm-hmm. because if not for MTV. The idea for music television actually began in the '60s. Uh, the concept of mu- music videos had been around just as long. And one of the first bands to really use uh, music videos to promote themselves were the Beatles. They used mu- music videos to promote the records with movies like A Hard Day's Night, which is pretty much a bunch of music videos tied together. Um, uh, the per- with performances like Can't Buy Me Love, which were prolific, uh, this this actually led to MTV, um, and actually MTV later honored the film's director, Rich, uh, Richard Lester, with an award for basically inventing the music video. So it's been around, again, it was damn Beatles. They just had to change music everywhere they could, huh? I think that's something kind of important, and I know this is a little off topic, but I think we could all write real quick, each one of us, we could probably all name the same, but probably name one band or musician that changed music either because of sta- style, fashion, sound, something, and and the big names. It's kind of like when we talk about sports, and there are certain names like Pete Rose mm-hmm. and Michael Jordan that no matter who you talk about, no matter what team you love, you know mm-hmm. them. Same with, you know, you're going to talk about your Elvis Presleys, you're going to talk about your Michael Jacksons, you're going to talk about your Beatles. Right. It's just the way it is. Um, in 1990 or 1977, my bad, Warner Cable, a division of Warner Communications and the precursor of Warner Amex Satellite Entertainment, launched the first two-way interactive cable TV system called Cube in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it offered specialized channels, one of which was a music channel called Sight and Sound that featured concert footage and music-oriented programs that led viewers that let viewers vote for their favorite songs and artists. How weird is this? This is 1977. 
So this all again kind of to me goes back to the fact that you have shows now like American Idol, and you think when they first start this is original, but it's not. I mean, this Cube show was in 1977, and they let people vote. I don't know how they did the voting system, but people vote. To, almost like when we used to call in the radio station and vote what we wanted to be the number one for that night or yeah, that they, week Yeah, they probably had a 1-800 number yeah, or something, something like that, I'm or a sure. local number they could call. Um, in a toll booth or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, how many of you guys used to call in the radio station to vote on you know the top ten for the night? Like, oh, I did it. I did I it all the time. Uh, I used once. to call in and complain about them repeating the same damn song over and over and over again. It's way worse now. Oh, God, it's so bad now. <clears throat> I actually called in the Q102 one time and was like, hey, can you play this? I haven't heard it in the last 10 minutes. And they probably played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, MTV's original format was created by Robert W. Pittman, uh, later became president and CEO of MTV Networks. He tested the format by producing and hosting a 15-minute show called Album Tracks on New York City's WNBC-TV in the late 1970s. WNBC. WNBC. Uh, his boss, Jack uh, John Lack, had actually been involved with a show called Pop Clips, along with Mike Nesmith from The Monkees. Again, the idea was there, but someone needed to run with it. And on Saturday, August 1st, 1981, at 12.01 a.m. Eastern Time, this is exactly what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. With those words, MTV was officially off and running. The words were spoken by John Lack and played over footage of the first space shuttle launch countdown of Columbia and the launch of Apollo 11. We then heard that beautiful MTV uh, theme song composed by one Jonathan Elias and John Peterson. And then we saw the American flag changing to show the MTV logo. And then it did all these different textures and backgrounds, something that pretty much went on for most of the run of what we know as MTV. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that song never really changed. We still know it. You guys heard it. Spanky was doing it before every launch. He's over here. (laughs) Yeah, we all know it. Uh, we all remember that Video Killed the Radio Star was the first video, and then that was followed up by Pat Benatar. Uh, but most of us have only seen those first few minutes in reruns, as at the time it was available only to homes in New Jersey through cable. In the early days, the screen would actually go black from time to time because an employee at MTV had to insert a new video <laughs> into the VCR. How fucking weird is that shit? <laughs> It's so weird to think about, but it also speaks volumes on, so these days you can go on, my kids and I were actually talking about this last night, and they were like, so, I was kind of talking to them about the early days of MTV, and they were like, so, where do you, like, there, there is nothing like that now, and my son was like, well, I guess YouTube, which he's not wrong, that's right. where, and you can actually go on YouTube and watch hours of MTV, mm-hmm. like, it'll say, like, 10, 8 hours of MTV, which is really cool. But how crazy is it to think, you know, now if you watch it, though, that's kind of cruddy old footage because they used freaking VHS tapes. Yep. <laughs> but they were getting concert footage. And if you watch the first, um, you know, few days or whatever of MTV, there are music videos, but a lot of them are concert footage. It's songs yeah, being very performed great. in concerts. So, Spank Dog? Yes. You're up. No. Yep. Am I? <laughs> According to the notes, Stu's up. It's you. It got switched. Unless Stu wants to run with it, it's you. All right. Well, within two months. Oh, no, no, no. You're right. It's Stu. I switched it. 
This is make up my mind. I've got Jay. the I've got the old <laughs> notes. You've got the new notes, Stu. This is you. Hit it, Stu. You're up. There's a continent. That's across the pond. You're up. It's the final countdown. Oh, I'm going to knock the fuck out of him for that one. <laughs> uh, that's it. I quit the show. Within two months, the, the record stores of MTV was available starting. I can't hear you. I barely hear Are you. Talking, <laughs> talking, Make love to it. <laughs> don't, don't. No, not like you're sucking a dick, Stu. <laughs> I guess within two months, uh, the record stores uh, where MTV was available started selling the so like artists. In the, like in the areas where MTV was available. Not, not. I guess it's kind of worded weird saying where MTV was available. They weren't. So in the states or the cities where MTV was available, the record stores started. Yeah, like uh, Men at Work, Bow, or was it Bow Wow Wow, Bow Wow Wow, Human League. So these were all bands that the British artists. That MTV that weren't selling uh, that much until MTV, and now people are like rushing into record stores because they're seeing these bands on MTV. This is what mm-hmm. you were just talking about. Yeah, they're, they're British artists that were in like like the discovering spotlight. new artists, and so yeah. now yeah, which is true because I I love Minute Work. I love Bow Wow Wow. Uh, what was it? Duran Candy. I want candy. I want candy. Yeah, that's Bow Wow. I guess uh, the, the target audience was like 12 to 34, but uh, the research showed about uh, 12 to 24 was the actual audience that was listen- or watching. And listening. Oh, really listening, yeah, I guess. Yeah, some people use it for background noise, too. <laughs> <laughs> I do that with a lot of I Pink mean, Floyd. Honestly, if you're yes. doing homework, you use TV for background you noise. Would yeah. turn it, well, that was yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the nice things about MTV where you could do that. You could actually sit there and do homework with it playing, and the music was fine, and you would only get distracted by, the oh, again, the music, the band you wanted to watch, the, the, the thing you wanted to see. So, Yeah, like Madonna getting half naked. So um, I guess they were saying on average people would watch... About 30 minutes to, to, a, to two t- hours. To two hours at a time, which when you think about television demographics, that's pretty damn good. And they, and they said, uh, uh, the kids these days, I don't know if there's attention span. I don't last. think they would be. So, And that's a whole thing, too. You could get into the whole topic of albums. Like, do I know? Do bands like really make good albums anymore? Because all they're really worried about is the single they're going to release. Right. Well, and that, the fact they only sell, buy singles now. Pretty much, right? You can buy albums off iTunes. <laughs> Thank you, Metallica. <laughs> but... If you consider the fact that, on average, the person to sit down to watch MTV is going to watch for half hour to two hours. If you sit down to watch most television shows, you're you're sitting down for 30 minutes mm-hmm. to 45, these an hour top. Kids right. these days can't even spend, like, three minutes. It's probably not. He's probably not wrong. That's why TikTok is so famous. TikTok it up. Stop. Uh, what is it? So their original purpose. Oh yeah, the original purpose behind MTV. Yeah, but that was. The, then they had the the on air v- personalities like VJs, VJs, video jockeys. They actually started without like the the original five: Nina, Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, Alan Hunter, JJ Jackson, and Martha Quinn. They were the the originals. Yep, and they were supposed to fit 
they were picked. They were hand picked for a reason. So the VJs. So it's funny because me and Stu were watching a thing the other night about about VJs, which, which sounds like something like you don't want to get. The way they're they're sounding it sounds like the Breakfast Club. So they they picked them all because they had a personality, a certain demographic that they wanted them to hit. Each one of the VJs they had like a personality they wanted them to whatever reach that demographic, and that's what they were kind of going for. So I mean I don't have it up, but if you want to, oh, it was an, uh, if you really think about Good, Goodman was the everyday guy. He was Joe Joe Average, right? Hunter uh, was it was a Hunter Alan Hunter Alan, Alan Hunter. Hunter. He was like the cool. He was the jock, jock right? J, uh, Jackson, he was the hip radio veteran. Of course he was. He was the token black guy is what he Pretty was. <laughs> he really was. Nina Blackwood was considered the bombshell. I mean, she was back then. Yeah. Not so much she today. She looks more yeah. like grunge, but. Yeah, but she was kind of. hot. Yeah. I guess grunge was wasn't really a big the day. thing. She was a little ahead of that curve. She had a little bit of the wild child. She was the girl next door. Martha Quinn was the girl next door. So when you talk about VJs, and it's funny, these were the original five. Like I said, it sounds like something you don't want to get from a girl. Of EJ, because um, it sounds like something you'd get itchy over. Um, but when you talk about MTV VJs over the years, and I, I think is it listed on here? Do, do I talk about it next? That there that there's like others that would come over the years. I don't yeah. know. Um, well, I'll let you read that first, and then we'll kind of go into what I was going to say because it kind of pertains to that. I think. But so yeah, those were the original five. That's the channel started with those five uh, video jockeys named so after disc jockeys. Right. Apparently, uh, they were told not to uh, to uh, uh, sell their homes or quit their day jobs, yeah. just in case. <laughs> they, don't, they they all come on and they tell them like, don't don't buy a permanent house here, and don't quit your second job, because they had no idea. Yeah, they didn't know if it was going to work or not. You know, MTV could have you know could have went right down the tubes. They had no clue if this thing was going to work. They didn't realize forty years later it would have been. If you go right now and like watch the first, it's so weird because. We played the opening like three minutes, and after that, and I think, oh, God, is it, uh, I don't remember if it's Goodman or Hunter, but it, it, he's like sitting there, and he just talks for the next like five minutes, like, so this is MTV, and we're going to be doing this and this, and it's so fucking weird, because we don't, you know, all we know is videos, but. It's kind of like a podcast. Eventually, you start to loosen up and yeah. gain your ground. Well, and it's the first airing of it so they got to kind of let you know what's going on right this is what the shows or this is what MTV's all about is what we're going to be doing so eventually uh other DJs would come throughout the years right and we get a whole bunch of them right other others like uh downtown julie brown downtown julie brown kennedy adam curry colin quinn julie brown bill there were like two of them what there were two Julie Browns. There was a downtown Julie Brown, and then it was just Julie Brown, right? Julie Brown yeah, was, I blonde. think, wasn't she the one from News or something like that? Well, the News guys are a little different than the, you know. But, I mean, you also had uh, Bill Bellamy, Funkmaster Flash, Fab Five Freddy, Ed Lover, and, of course, the notorious Polly Shore. Polly Shore. And a lot of people forget that, too. These were all people that were VJs at one point in time or another. And uh, I know we're, we're not getting to it, but... Uh, was it one of the guys from uh, uh, the real world actually became a VJ? Oh, or God. yeah, I think it was like yeah. a homeless dude, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> no, not puck. that, not that guy, not oh. Jesse. Uh, that was he was more like the jock style that was became like uh, he was on that um, one of their dance shows that they uh, had. Yeah, yeah, oh, so that's right. His name was Eric. So yes. to bring the, to to bring it kind of around to it though, like when I was sitting here thinking about it, you know, we all we know the original five, but I. 
when you kind of talk about VJs from MTV, I bet like everybody's going to name certain Martha Quinn mm-hmm. and downtown Julie Brenton. There are ones that just stood out. Yeah. Nina Blackwood stood out for a long time. She does not. The time has not been nice to Nina. Oh, no, she's just got it's not fat. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not Martha thin. Quinn don't look that much different. No, <laughs> she's she just got look, longer hair. She doesn't really look that much different. But and I really, honestly, I don't think Kennedy changed that much. Either. I haven't seen I Kennedy haven't seen in a long yet. time. Last picture I saw, or last thing I saw of her, she hadn't changed. So she was like '90s, more '90s. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. was more like the nerdy girl or whatever. And downtown she... Julie Brown was coming around like eight '80s, early '90s. I think somewhere mm-hmm. in that yeah. time frame too. Uh, and then you had the news guys too. So yeah, you got Kurt Loader. He he was like he's like the staple of the news now or whatever. Yeah, Kurt is he? Uh, he he's might still, still the, be in doing MTV doing news, news, right? He actually, I think he's on either ABC or NBC or something like. Oh, that. really? No, oh, wow. He stepped up in the world. I mean, he's not like got his like own full time show right. or nothing, but he does that kind of stuff. He was kind of the Walter Cronkite of he, MTV. He was yeah, on he MTV was. for he a, was a shit really, long time. Yeah, he, was. he was a really hip dude. You'd hear that. And you knew, mm-hmm. you knew we were going we yeah, we to get some drop knowledge from Kurt Loader. Yeah, he he, al- he always broke the broke the big stories in yeah, the music, in entertainment. I mean, that's pretty much what they. Yeah, I wish they would do stuff like that still. You know, like instead of this fake news. So we kind of, I, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> in here, um, but I kind of mentioned it here. We had the news personalities: Kurt Loader, Anna Marie, uh, Cause. Yeah, I don't remember Nick Zano, um, but MTV. News, what we were just talking about was pretty icon- iconic. We got that riff, you know. We knew what we were going to get after that was like hard hitting, relevant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. quick news blurbs. Which, oddly enough, Stu was just talking about the attention span of kids today's today and how they need everything quick. Well, I don't. I mean, I agree with you on that. I mean, for I don't think it needs to be that way. Except for news, that's the best way to get your news because that you you like you hear that sound and you're for a few seconds you're paying attention like. What? What's happening? <laughs> That's like the news at the top of the hour. Well, they would do the the news at the top of the hour. That's when they would ever, always do it. Yeah, but that's what I mean, unless something breaking was happening, and then you'd kind of hear it in there. So, yeah, it was uh, it was relevant. It was shit we actually cared about, mm-hmm. and you, know, you, you knew when it was coming. Right. I didn't know that they actually used Megadeth's uh, peace cells. Who's yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I had no idea. Kurt Loader had the weekend rock, and then in 1990 they started using P cells. But who's buying as the? And I think they used it after that continuously. They yeah, might I still, didn't know that. Uh, I no idea. So they used the Megadeth riff as the weekend rock thing. So yeah. So that's just the beginnings. We're we're probably not going to hit that hour and a half mark, but we're you know we're just practice. We'll get there. Yeah. We're working on it. We're working here. Oh, who's up? That would be uh, be me. When MTV started, they played very few black artists. Yeah, you bitches. Of course, Michael Jackson, Prince, Eddie Grant, Donna Summer, and Herbie Hancock made a semi. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Stewie. Stu likes Herbie Hancock. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does. Oh, what a fucked up video. Yes, yeah, American <laughs> Legend. Very yeah. fucked up video. Uh, they made uh, a semi-regular rotation. And there were bands like Culture Club, who had Mikey Craig, and Thompson Twins, who had Joe Leeway, but black artists were a pretty small portion. They also refused to play certain black musicians, like yeah. Rick James, Super Freak. And it pissed them off. And said it was because their music did not fit the channel's carefully selected album-oriented rock format. Which, 
I have some things to say about that. Kind of cracks me up considering where most rock and roll music came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, exactly. One considers almost all rock music got its roots. Even Elvis Presley will admit to this. Mm. I mean, uh, the Stones flat out, people would get pissed because they flat out stole, you know, old black, like, Rock gets stuff. its roots from the old Delta Blues. 100%. Yeah. So it's weird that MTV would say that and make a crack like that. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Well, of course, this pissed Rick James off, yeah, and he publicly advocated the addition of more black artists to the channel. Musicians like David Bowie also questioned MTV's lack of black artists during an on-air interview with VJ Mark Goodman in 1983. That was a great interview. MTV's original head of talent and acquisition, Carolyn B. Baker, who happened to be black, questioned why the definition of rock music was so narrow. Years later, Baker said the party line at MTV was that we weren't playing black music because of the research, but the research was based on ignorance. We were young. We were cutting edge. We didn't have to be on the cutting edge of racism. <laughs> right. Nevertheless, it was Baker who rejected Rick James' so this is funny. video because there were half-naked women in it, and it was a piece of crap. <laughs> it's as not the best video. <laughs> as a black woman, well, not me, I'm just telling you what <laughs> you're she said. I'm not a black woman. <laughs> Tell me a baby. Let me put you to bed. Yeah, this is still in the. She say it was a piece of crap. And as a black woman, yeah. She yeah was as just, a black woman, Spanky, I do not is there want something that. You're not telling us. Well, you know, you're like Madea at night or something. <laughs> <laughs> at night, only at night, only at night. <laughs> at the full moon. Oh Lord, the freaks come out at night. I do not want that. Hallelujah. Oh. <laughs> Shotgun, please. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I do not want that representing my people as the first black video on MTV. So, oddly enough, while she advocated and agreed that not enough black artists were being played, her reasoning behind Rick James is she didn't like the way Rick James was representing black women. I could see that. I totally could yeah, see I totally it. totally see that. Oddly enough, when one considers later what he did, tame. Yeah. <laughs> the videos tame. they would start, you know, when Motley Crue came along. <laughs> they weren't really worried about women's rights anymore. Let's just yeah, okay. yeah but we got, uh, Molly Crew got censored though, in that they couldn't actually show nudity. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, where was we? Ah, which is funny considering later music videos at what they portrayed being complete, but completely understandable that she wanted black artists represented. But presented in a good way. Yeah, she basically wanted clean and wholesome. Why? Well, I, I think. She but, did, I think her point was, you know, we need more black artists. But what I don't need is we already get a stigma. We don't need to see half naked black right. women on the damn show. Wop. Right. That's exactly <laughs> the point. Right. Today it's garbage. Yeah, it is a garbage song. But the network's director of music programming, Buzz Brendel, told an interviewer. In 2006, MTV was originally designed to be a rock Hold music on. channel. <clears throat> I'm going to do my Buzz Brindle. I don't know what he really sounds like, but I picture it something like this. MTV was originally designed to be a rock music channel. It was difficult for MTV to find African-American artists whose music actually fit the channel's format that leaned towards rock at the onset. Sounds like Columbo. Sounds like garbage, since many would argue rock and roll. We already talked about that. 
Oh, there was more he said, and I wanted to get to that, but I don't remember what it was. Anyway. Sounds like Columbo. Uh, Craig Marks, where was it? Writers Craig Marks and Rob Tenenbaum would note that MTV played videos by plenty of white artists who didn't perform what would be called rock. Right. <laughs> MTV senior executive vice president. Oh, here it is. This is what I wanted to do Les with the voice. Garland complained decades later. The worst thing was the racism bullshit. <laughs> there were hardly any videos being made by black artists. Record companies weren't funding them. They never got charged with racism. Is that more shot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about racism. Wow. <laughs> if the shoe hey, fits. Don't be don't be speaking ill of the dead. Uh, yeah, well, she's burning in hell. Geez. Anyway, more, <laughs> yeah, however, with her dog shitting all over her, I'm mm-hmm. sure. However, critics of that defense pointed out that record companies were not funding videos for black artists because they knew they would have difficulty persuading MTV to play them. Catch 22, anyone? Yes, right. Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> Before Bueller. 1983, Michael Jackson also struggled for MTV airtime. To resolve the struggle and finally break good. the color barrier... And which we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Walter, it's the president of CBS Records, Walter Yetnikoff. Yetnikoff. Sounds Russian to me. Ah. Denounced MTV in a statement threatening to take away its right to play the label's music. However, Les Garland claimed he decided to air Jackson's Whatever. Billy Jean video without pressure from CBS a statement that was contradicted by CBS head of business affairs, David Benjamin. What this sounds like to me is, oh, no, I'm not a racist. I was going to play the music before they told me not yeah, to. Yeah, right. They basically, CBS Music said, if you don't start playing the fucking black artists, we're not going to let you play any of our shit. And then Straight out of Compton came out. Straight out of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy motherfucker Ice named Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about where we stop at. <laughs> <laughs> nuh which is with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. So what's it mean? No whites allowed? No, it means never mind. <laughs> uh, according to the Austin Chronicle, Jackson's video for the song Billy Jean was a video that broke the color barrier, even though the channel itself was responsible for erecting that <laughs> barrier in the first place. Shut up, Stu. <laughs> He's and, the one that laughed. Yeah, but you started too. Yeah. I saw it. I heard a smirk. <laughs> yes, do. <laughs> hey, dick. Don't encourage him, Jay. Do it. Uh, What's the damn whistle at? But change was not immediate. Damn. Billie Jean was not added to MTV's guys. medium rotation playlist. <laughs> fuck's going on over here? The royal penis is clean, your highness. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to talk about that for a second. So I played that on the last episode because I clipped that. And and Matt was like listening to the show and he texted me. He's like, holy shit. If you wouldn't have told me that that was a sounder, I'd have thought just Stu just randomly said that in the middle of the show. So I think it'd be really funny just to clip you guys and just make it sound like you're saying dumb random shit for no reason in the middle of the show. <laughs> but we decided the last episode, too, that the, by Royal Penis, he's talking to Prince, remember? Yeah. <laughs> so the Royal Penis is clean. Yeah, but highness. you know how dumb, how much dumb shit you can get just from him? Yeah, well, there's been one for a long time. <laughs> Matt's been trying his hardest. He wants me to clip a view saying, the gays love me. 
which you're actually talking about Dolly Parton, but in the clip you go, the gays love me. <laughs> Gee, thanks, slug. <laughs> but yes, so uh, Billie Jean, that's where we were. Uh, yeah. She's not my lover. Change She's just was not girl. immediate. Billie Jean was not added to MTV's medium rotation playlist, two to three airings per day, until it reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. In the final week of March, it was in heavy rotation. One week before MTV. the MTV debut of Jackson's Beat It, Beat it. <laughs> Prince's Little Red Corvette joined both videos in heavy rotation by the end of April. At the beginning of June, Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant joined Billie Jean, which was still in heavy rotation until mid-June. At the end of August, She Works Hard for the she Money, works hard for the money. All these by Donna Sumner. 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 <laughs> which he's related to uh, Sting. Uh, apparently so. Donna Summer was in heavy rotation on the channel. Herbie Hancock's Rocket and Lionel Richie's All Night Long were placed in heavy rotation at the end of October and the beginning of November, respectively. When Jackson's elaborate video for Thriller was released, raising the bar for what a video could be, the network's support for it was total. So here's my issue with this whole thing. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, one, the argument that they were trying to make for a long time is, hey, you know, black artists, they're not making the kind of music we want here. And then it's, well, you know, they're not selling the kind of albums that, we, you know, the numbers... That's but what you're there for but is the, to help them. The whole th well, and that was the catch-22. People were arguing, right, but you're not playing their shit, so they're not selling the albums. The thing is, they have more clout because they can go back and say, I don't know, look at Bow Wow Wow and Minute Work, motherfuckers. That's our point. Those guys weren't selling until you started airing, airing yeah, them on people MTV. people never heard of in this country. And then, That's the point. Right. Then they and, blow up. And look what happens when they start selling black artists. Exactly. They blow or up. Or start playing black artists. People went and bought the shit. That's yeah. the point. It's, it was kind of a ridiculous premise. So It, it was. <sighs> uh, following Jackson's and Prince's breakthroughs on MTV, Rick James did several interviews where he brushed off the accomplishment as tokenism, saying in a 1983 interview in an episode of Mike Judge Presents Tales from the Tour Bus. Great series. On James. Yeah, you were talking that about That any black artist that had their video played on MTV should pull their videos off MTV. So Kevin and I actually had a <clears throat> little discussion about this the other day because where I understand where Rick James was coming from, I 100% disagree with him. And the reason I disagree with him, was I was telling Kev, is so I think he kind of misses the point. <clears throat> I get it. He's like, fuck them. Now they're only playing you because you're popular. But what I was telling Kevin is what he misses or missed, in my opinion, was that the impact... They're not going to pull their music because they are having an impact on young society, white society. Right. You now you are you're breaking through, and kids, young kids aren't. They're not seeing Michael Jackson the way that the world has seen. They're seeing this dude that they idolize. White kids are dressing up as Michael Jackson. This shit's never happened before. You think about it. Mm. Like little white kids are wanting to buy the clothes that that guy is wearing. Yeah. You know, and I think. Guys like Michael Jackson. I mean, we wouldn't probably. have the Carlton without this. I think Michael Jackson. <laughs> I see. I think guys like Michael Jackson and Prince. Part of them saw this happening. Hmm. We are breaking barriers with our art. We're influencing a young culture. I think Rick James is Rick James, and I think he was pissed off because they wouldn't play his music, and he's like, "Fuck them! None of you guys should be on the channel." 
I get that. I understand where he's coming from, but I don't agree with him. Was it tokenism? Probably a little bit for the execs. But you know, all the all these black artists who are gonna who are huge. You know, you got Prince and Michael Jackson. You think they're over there going? We don't. Give, they're going. We're we're gonna own this shit. We're gonna count our money. We're gonna own this shit, and we're gonna get to the point that you need us. We don't need you. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about it right now. Thriller. I mean, they were. Well, of course they were. Their, their support was total. What the fuck were they gonna do? Not play Thriller, right? And piss off everyone because we all wanted to see it. Oh yeah. This became a staple. One of the videos you wanted to see that you watched MTV for it was Thriller. Mm-hmm. Even though it scared the shit out of me as a little kid. It scared, it scared the shit out of everybody. Because it was terrifying. <laughs> well, regardless of the timeline, many black artists had their videos played in heavy rotation the following year, 1984, including Herbie Hancock, Prince, Donna Summer, Billy Ocean, Stevie Wonder, Tina Turner, Lionel Richie. Ray Parker Jr., Rockwell, Rockwell, the Pointer Sisters, the Jacksons, Sheila E., and Denise Williams. Nisi! Eventually, videos from the emerging genre of rap and hip-hop also entered MTV's rotation. A majority of rap artists on MTV in the mid-1980s, such as Run DMC, Fat Boys, Houdini, LL Cool J, and the Beastie Boys were from the East Coast. MTV gave us a bunch of programming that changed the industry, too. 1984, we got the first MTV Video Music Award show. A lot of us probably remember Madonna's Like a Virgin. Boy, do All we of us ever. remember. And there was so much controversy <laughs> after that, because, like... Let's just say my arm got tired a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was one of those things. I mean, the controversy, it's so funny because now we look back at that and it seems so tame to what people do now. Oh, yeah. Kevin, Very stop tame. using all the lotion. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> but Madonna's on the musical. I wars. just bought a whole pack of toilet paper. What happened to it? <laughs> Hell. Stu used a sex sock. <laughs> a dirty sex sock. What are we talking Ew. about? Do your toes stick together? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just real good. The sock just stands up on its own. Now. <laughs> So that's why you got web feet. I was the original wow. creator yeah. of the flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> so you just use a regular flashlight? Just Ow. That would hurt. That little spring would get caught on your wiener. Yeah. <laughs> Did you take the batteries out at least? <laughs> <laughs> spring break coverage started in 1986. Where <laughs> they would said, did you take the bra- batteries out? Anyway, spring break coverage started <laughs> in 1986. The royal penis is clean, your highness. That might be my, one of my new favorite sounders, by the way. I don't know. I like creaky creaky. <laughs> they would spend the week showing us hot chicks in bikinis and oh hunky guys God. down in Daytona Beach. Florida. I don't know who's worse, Stu or Kev. What? For- I mean, you read well. But, you, know, you just but, talked about spring break and hot chicks in bikinis like this. Hot chicks and bikinis. Oh nah, man, you got to say hot chicks and bikinis. Hot chicks. Spring right. break. Do you guys remember when they would do spring break? They would do like eight-hour all-day coverage. They'd be like out. They would... Set up that fucking stage. Yep. You just see a bunch of. You always see the. the but they would have a lot of, uh, you know, artists and stuff like and that. That's where the real world, uh, uh, real world. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about that this episode. We're not talking because you know when we do the down the downfall of MTV, it's just going to be a hate filled fucking episode oh, for me. Yeah. 
It will be. Okay, I'm going to admit something right now. We're not going to get into it. All right. I did watch the first two seasons of The Real World. What do you think? Because this is the beginning of reality TV. So MTV, once again, changed the world forever, just not in a good way. Did not watch season one, but watched season two. What do two. I think? I mean, it was back in the 90s I watched that shit. I think that by the end of season two, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? And, you know, it, we won't talk about it. There's going to be a lot of anger from me. Yeah. Actually, yeah, there'll be some hate. There's going to be stuff I liked that led into it, but it's when they veered away from music that the problem started. Because even those things I liked at first, while they might have been veering us towards the mm-hmm. downfall, they were still sort of music, like remote control. I loved remote control. But it was part of the beginning of the end for MTV. So Yeah. But Spring Break, Stu might be right. In fact, I think Stu probably is right. Although Spring Break was still about music primarily, it, it was, was kind of it the was. it was kind of the gateway drug, right? It's the pot that led <laughs> to the heroin. Because <laughs> we all know pot leads to heroin. Yep, it does. Every pot have I've ever known, except none of them. Actually, I've never known a pothead that turned into a heroin addict. Nikki Six. I think he did anything. He oh, could. wait, no, he, he went straight into the shoot. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. You ever hear into, I'm sure he smoked weed, but. Maybe crap. Yeah, he, he went straight to the hard drugs right off the rip. Oh, damn. I mean, he was injecting alcohol. Ooh, that is fucked up. Like, what kind of alcohol? It just vodka? took too long. Jeez. Let me, that's God, all they had. Up. Pace yourself. <laughs> no, he, they weren't good at that. Well, he not. don't know the meaning of the word pace. Ooh. We really could. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, we really could. Sorry, we're eating chips as we do this. Have a whole like segment on how much certain bands like Motley Crue affected Madonna, Michael Jackson affected MTV in turn because they did. Motley Crue, the Bad Boys Rock. I mean, they really affected MTV. The but Prince anyway. of Pop. Uh, let's see where was I? Uh, live musical performances, people dancing, and crazy sights. Oh. Oh God. Okay. 1986, the channel introduced 120 Minutes, a show that featured low rotation, alternative rock, and other underground I videos. I loved 120 Minutes. Was, was not a big fan of it. I really was, because I liked, well, I kind of got into that like alt-rock shit. And Headbangers Ball. This was like a show that you didn't really have a lot there. of this. You didn't have a lot of this like alt-rock stuff. You didn't, again, how else were you going to get, later, especially in the, in the, in the mid-90s, Radio stations would do like hours of alt yeah. rock, and but MTV started it. Uh, they still play, they play like uh, one of the stations. I forget which one it is, but they do. I think on Sunday nights or Sunday mornings or something like they do like the the hundred twenty minutes, and it's Matt Penfield doing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Surprised you didn't choke on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Ah, I beat you. Damn it. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> I beat you. Oh my God, it's good. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Not really. Good. <laughs> for the and, be- and he did it so straight faced when he looked at me. <laughs> I just shoved it. For the folks at home, I mean, you heard it, but you didn't see it. I just shoved a big pile a of chips in my handful. mouth. full. And I turned and looked as. <laughs> Spanky as I'm chewing them like. (laughs) (laughs) For the next 14 years on MTV and three additional years on MTV2, the program then became known as Subterranean on MTV2. 1987, Headbangers Ball came as music and news. 
Before its abrupt cancellation in 1995, it featured hosts or several hosts, including Ricky, Ricky Rockman and Adam Curry. <laughs> that was good, Stu. I don't know how Stu's not even looking at the notes and said that perfectly in time with you. Yeah, he did. And yeah, Adam Curry. Adam Curry was yep. the first on Headbangers. And Matt Penfield like was the first. And, and they they thought that he was too boring, so they had to bring in somebody that would actually do the job and. Yeah, Ricky Rockman or Rackman or whatever his name is. Rackman was Rackman. the guy. I think Matt Penfield was the, the last one, wasn't he? Uh, I don't remember him on Headbangers Ball. I thought he was. I don't think so. He did 120 minutes. Maybe that was something. Okay. <laughs> In yeah, because they called it two hours or something like that. That would be 120 minutes. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. Math wasn't your strong suit or mine, but you got that right. Yeah. 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 Or we both got it wrong. I don't know. Uh, we're both wrong and right in the same way. That's possible. 1988, MTV debuted. MTV debuted Yo MTV Raps, which was renamed just Yo in 1995. I have the shirt. I bought him a Yo MTV Rap shirt. Yep. It ran until 1999. It was a hip hop rap program. MTV progressively increased its airing of rappers through this. We got people like MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. Okay, uh, hold on. I want to stop right there. People like MC That Hammer. threw me off when I was reading that. Wait, like the first two, MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. When I think Yo! MTV rap, these are not the artists I think of. No. But they did get played There's, on Yo! They MTV. were the star. Yeah. So what that tells me is, if you go back and watch the early days, so this would have been probably, what year did we say? It had to be around 89. So, 90s, the early 90s, probably early 90s is when I would occasionally watch Yo! MTV Rap. So, I never watched it in those days. By the time I started watching it, we were getting more prolific rappers like... Like Public Enema. Um, Public Enema. Uh, Public see. Enema. Ooh, that's not a band I like. No. <laughs> <laughs> they get... Ouch. They're too in there for me, you know? Kind of anal. Yeah, a little, they're a little, a little anal. anal. That's good. That is good. Uh, see, I'm thinking like, um, let's see. You got tight-lipped. Uh, tie up. Uh, Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest. Uh, let's see. Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang. I don't know if they got They would be like TV. more 90s. Yeah. Like, well, what, we were talking well, about yeah, the 90s. We were, about oh, we were talking about like the early 90s and shit. They were probably a little more mid to late 90s. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess it just threw me off when I'm like, Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. Because I don't think of these two as like... Well, because one not in the same hardcore rap, no, you know, at all. So, and when you think Yo MTV raps, that's that's what I remember anyway. It was a little more hardcore. Yo, MTV raps. Yo, just yo. LL Cool J, Queen Latifah, Salt and Peppa, Tone Loke, Naughty by Nature, MC Not because we hate you. Yeah, and Sir Mix a Lot. The channel also played R and B artists such know, as okay. Janet Jackson, New Edition, In Vogue, Bel Biv and Nope. How you know? Bell, Did you just yeah, say Bell Bivity DeVoe? Bell Bivity DeVoe. It's my stroke mouth. Bell Bivity DeVoe. A stroke occurs when there is a lack of blood to it. a portion yeah. of the brain. Depending on which area of the brain is affected, a stroke can cause speech impairments. Lack of blood. SWV, Tony, 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 TLC, New Kids on the Block, and it, Boys to Men. Is it Tony, Tony, Tony? Or Tony? Is it Tony, Tony, Tony? I never know. Tony, Tony, Tony. I, was, I always thought it was Tony, Tony, Tony. That's could no, be Tony, Tony. That's how they always announced him on. But it had a, a, a I know a slash on top of it. Oh well, as long as there was a slash on top of it. Is that an umlaut? 
It is. No. And we'll have two dots. Um, yeah, oh, that's okay. What Molly that's a, probably something that's, French. That's a patang. 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 ain't nothing now, to fuck with. Patang. Uh, uh, what? little MTV trivia. Yeah. Who was the host of Yo MTV Raps? Uh, Ed Lover. Ed Lover. Lover. Not, uh, Fat Fire Freddy. Yes. No. 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 Uh, Ed Lover's right. Ed Lover. I know. I can't think. And uh, Dr. Dre. Very good. That's right. The first Dr. Dre. Or, sec- or second. One of the two. Big Dr. Dre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it always threw me off. I'm like, wait a minute. Dr. Dre. That, that used to mess with me, too. <laughs> wait, he, isn't he in that N- NWA? I'm like, what? But he's. <laughs> wow, he's getting a lot of weight. Yeah. <laughs> getting a whole lot of weight. Like two people weight. He's like three people. <laughs> or three. In 1989, MTV began to premiere music-based specials such as MTV Unplugged, an acoustic performance show which has featured dozens of acts as its guest and gave us what some consider the best performances of certain artists in their careers. This is a highly arduous thing, but uh, the ones you're about to name are, are a few of the ones that people would say this is their best, and I will agree with one of them. LL Cool G and Bon Jovi. Well, Nirvana. Nirvana. Cla- Eric Clapton. Uh, Clapton. Lauren Hill. Pearl Jam. And Kiss. Clapton and Pearl Jams are... I don't think I ever heard of Kiss. Yeah, Kiss did an Unplugged, and people yeah. love it. I did not know. Absolutely yeah. love it. But Clapton's, I mean, that's where we got the versions of Tears in Heaven and stuff that became, like, huge on the radio. Yeah, and the that acoustic was, of Layla. Layla. Yeah, his acoustic of Layla. Okay. It became maybe just as... Po- it probably just as famous as the original, yeah. if not more. It and did. the same with Tears in Heaven. In fact... I mean, they're huge, and the same with Nirvana. We, I mean, we all the we did the Nirvana episode, but we talked about this. The, the Nirvana Unplugged album is probably one of their best albums. I mean, of this all time. year marks the twenty sixth anniversary of the release of the actual album. That's unplugged. Up. Wow, that is so fucked up. You yeah. just made me feel old, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> you guys see like LL Cool J's performance on Unplugged, where he like lifts his arms up, and you see these like big white the white. Chuck- Chuck things, yeah, from the deodorant. It just that happens to me sometimes too. They didn't develop the gel yet. No, not yet. That has not been well. That had not been invented yet. You know, give these are you know we give artists get a lot of shit for stuff that happens when they're up live. At and least it's like like good hygiene. Yeah, that's true. It's like you know they're up there sweating their balls off for us, and it's like just fucking chill. Uh, I was just reading this thing online the other day, and Kelly Clarkson was talking about like getting sick on stage and had to run back, and she had to shit really bad right in the middle of stuff, and there was nowhere to shit in between uh, outfit changes. She grabbed a bucket and shit in it, and I was like, that's the best. And she's laughing about it because Kelly Clarkson's awesome. And I was just like, that is the best story. But these artists go through this this hell. You know, it's hot up there. Right. They're under lights, and there's they're, they're moving around and dancing. But, yeah, Unplugged was, uh, I, I think it, is it still around? I don't think so. I don't know. I feel I like know. there was even an unplugged with Bieber it recently. I I could be wrong, but I think there might have been. I that think that just they still shows do. you how much I don't care about. Yeah, I don't the give a shit music, either, so. at all. But I feel like it might be one of the few things still about around. The rise of MTV. Come on, I, I feel like I feel like it might still be around to some degree. I could. I, could I, I don't know about that, but I, I have think no there idea. Is. Anyway, in the early to mid nineties. Oh, timer. Sorry. In the early to mid-90s, MTV added gangster rap with a less pop-friendly sound to its rotation, such as Tupac Shakur, the Notorious B.I.G., Wu-Tang Clan, Ice Cube, Warren go. G., Ice-T, Dr. Dre, Nas, and Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Doggy Dog. 
1992, Dr. Dre's G-Funk single, Nothing But a G-Thing, became a, G thing, a crossover bae, bae. hit, with its video becoming an MTV staple despite the network's historic orientation towards rock music. In 1997, MTV introduced its new studios in Times Square and gave us four shows in the late 1990s. TRL. But came because two shows merged. Yep. And and TV Live. Total Request Live. I'm sorry. Total Total Request. request. Say What and 12 Angry Viewers. So they merged uh, Total Request and MTV Live. TRL Live, yeah. To do Total Request Live with one... Kind of chunky dude now. He's Carson Daly's gotten a little chubby. Yeah, a good. I mean, he talks mm-hmm. about it. He's he's happily married now. He don't give a shit no more. There you go. A year later, in <laughs> 1998, MTV. Oh god. Well, I want to speak on Total Request Live for a minute. This oh, was, sure. This, this was the show where people could. Uh, this was a great thing because now people could. Uh, they they would sit there and there was the big window behind them so you could see the crowd out in the street and that just got, gave us people. Uh, an era of people holding up signs, you know, that said things like "I love Tina" and "Eat a dick" in the background. So, I <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, I imagine, I imagine what had to have happened is just like the Today Show. They, I'm sure, they only. That was interesting. I'm just, <laughs> let's not tell anybody at home what the fuck just happened. It's just a weird noise. I'm, I'm sure that they. Locked it off to a certain what, Yes, what signs yeah. and shit were coming in, but I know people snuck shit in. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's occasionally Carson Daly's like, and this week, number two, Carson. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my hero. Can I, can I digress completely off the show for a second? Because Shoot. I was watching a video the other day. This is awesome. And I'd always wondered about this my whole life, and apparently it's a thing now. So uh, we're in Bass Pro Shop. There's a guy up on the balcony filming. Three dudes jump in the fucking fish tank, jump out of it, and go running through the store and running out as he's filming it. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I don't know when. I was just watching a video the other day, like one of those dare videos or something. Oh, my God. They jump into the fucking tank. I'm like, you've always walked your Bass Pro Shop and been like, I kind of want like fish in that shit. I want to jump in that fucking tank. (laughs) And these dudes did it, three of them. One right after the other, they go climbing over the glass. The first guy wipes out because he slips on the floor, and they go running out the exit. They just you see them like running through the store to get out, and their buddies are like obviously up in the balcony, like filming it. And, and so. of course, they have a truck out there waiting for them. Pretty like, fucking yeah. awesome. Go yeah, go 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 go! Sorry, man. Sorry, I, just I, I haven't been to the uh, Bass Pro Shop um, over by where we're at. Are you years. allowed in? What Bass Pro Shop? Yeah. Don't you gotta like shoot and I, hunt? I, I, and thought, hunt? I, I thought they only let white dudes wearing camo in there. Well, I have a <laughs> well, I have a mask. Well, if he, and if I, he wears camo, camo they won't see yeah, him. I have my mask and I wear camouflage. Mm. I'm just fucking with you. It's such a it is a very rednecky store. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. But Stu and I went there a few times to let me look at guns, look at firearms. We did look at firearms there. Uh, hey guys, to the to the two Republicans that probably listen and Spanky, we don't want your fucking guns. Keep them. <laughs> Fucking I like guns. Yeah, you get them anyway. Nobody <laughs> wants to take your guns, man. We just don't want dumbasses like Stewart to just get them without having to fill some shit out first. He didn't have to. They just gave him a fucking gun. Right there. Do you see my point? They just gave him a gun. Three of them. Didn't ask any questions. Stupidity. I mean, they asked a few questions, but they let him go with them that day. Why? 
I don't know. He yeah. shot his toe off that same money. He paid money for no. the experience. See, I'm just fucking with you. But uh, Bass he shot Pro that Shop. gnarly, crusty old bastard off his foot. <laughs> off. But Bass Pro Shop is a very uh, rednecky store, but they do have some great shit if you're into you know camping and. Expensive Under Armour. No, I was talking. I was talking to this girl recently, and she's like, uh, "You know, I'm into camping." I'm like, "Oh, I used to be. Now I realize I like all the parts of camping except for the tent." She goes, "I'm sorry, I should have said glamping." I'm like, "I'm on board with that. As long as there's an air conditioner, my ass is okay." <laughs> you know, they're building like a new like glamping area over by Kings Island. Yeah, I don't care. I'll glamp it up. That's that's what I was talking about. That new thing that's that by Kings Island. That's I guess it's camp. Oh. oh, that's what you okay the other day because I was like, what I, I wasn't about, sure man? what it was. So that's cool. Um, anyway, Bass well, Pro Shop. Well, uh, the I'm just kidding. Bass Pro Shop. I do not believe you discriminated. But yeah, I probably, probably do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they really do. It was a joke. Grand Wizard slash CEO. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I learned some fucked up stuff about Mormons today. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Watch the video. <laughs> Kevin knew. I was like, yeah. Kevin, did you know about this? And he's like, yeah. Apparently, they think. That God, okay, so there was a war between, it's a whole alien thing, right? And then there's a war between God and Lucifer, and the ones who took Lucifer's sides became the demons, which is very much in the vein of Christianity. And of course, there were the angels, <laughs> and those who ch- who refused to take a side were cursed with black skin and became black people on earth. <laughs> this is what the Mormons believe. I'm like, oh, uh, you are fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I never knew. As, as wow. far as I know, it's like... That's like old school Mormon yeah, it philosophy. It probably is, I'm sure. Like old school is like before but I still 1972. Know, I, know, I know very little about Mormonism. So like when I first heard about magic underwear, I thought that was like kind of a... Uh, I mean, obviously there's something, but it's a joke. No, that's pretty much real. Yeah. yeah it, I didn't... There, there's... Whew. <laughs> there's a lot going on there. I'll put it that way. We won't talk about the Scientologists because they'll shut us down, but they're even more fucked up than the Mormons. Fuck Scientology. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're fuck. fuck you, Tom Cruise. They are fucked up. And John Travolta. Hey, hey, hey. No, I'm just kidding. Our show didn't get in. <laughs> 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 Fuck, I'm deaf. Uh, continue, Casey. <laughs> All right. Total Quest Live with host Carson Daly. Uh, the show included a live studio audience and was filmed in a Windows studio that allowed crowds to look in for Hold up pictures and, and yell. Pictures, dicks, and whatnot. Uh, the program. I'm surprised nobody ever whipped a dick out like. Whoop. <laughs> just just, they just did that and uh, just do a helicopter. They just did that in Teen Wolf. <laughs> uh, let's see. The program played the top 10 pop, rock, R&B, and hip-hop music videos and featured live interviews with the artists and celebrities. So videos changed the course of music. Uh, they helped to create certain careers. We talked about this for people in various industries, not just music. Now, this is something that's very important that I don't think people think about much these days. Um Thriller, Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, Sledgehammer, Land of Confusion. These were cinematic, huge masterpieces. They told full stories, right? Uh, Michael Jackson was, of course, one of the artists who utilized this the most, but MTV was instrumental in the booming 80s dance wave. Um, video budgets increased. They got, they got bigger as the videos went, uh, and artists began to add fully choreographed dance sections. Michael Jackson's music became synonymous with dance, in addition to, to, to people wanting to learn the songs, 
they wanted to learn the dance moves. I mean, people would do Thriller out at clubs. People wanted to learn. I last night, truth, because because I'm an awesome dad. I'm talking. I'm an awesome dad. You will not be able to argue it with what I'm about to tell you. So last night, I'm talking to my kids. Um, we we were talking about different dances and things like that, and I'm like, you guys, just got to watch. So we sat in the car for like 20 minutes before I dropped them off, showing them different musical artists, and and of course, I pulled up Rhythm Nation, and both my kids are wrapped. I mean, they're like. And like at one point, I just hear Xander go, "This is pretty cool." I'm like, "It's fucking amazing!" <laughs> like, and we don't get that like that anymore. Nope. I mean, you didn't just watch like the artists put time into their videos. They really went out of their way to create. They made them into mm-hmm. many. They movies. really yeah, did. did. And you know, Michael Jackson was synonymous with this. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, one of the videos I showed them last night was Peter Gabriel with Sledgehammer. Peter Gabriel did this all the time too. His videos. I mean, we talked about how fucked up Herbie Hancock was. With Rocket, but we all remember it because mm-hmm. it was so fucked up, um, and it's fucked up. It's but it's fun. Uh, well, look at it, it. Kind of always reminded me of "Got My Mind Set on You," which also reminded me of Evil Dead. So uh, the choreography in these in these people wanted to learn the dances. They wanted to to walk like an Egyptian or whatever. Uh, several noted film directors actually got their start creating music videos. Uh, after pressure from the Music Video Production Association, MTV began listing the names of the video directors at the bottom of the screen. Uh, but this didn't happen until 1992. Uh, MTV's viewers became familiar with the names of Spike Jones, uh, Michael Gondry, David Fincher, Mary Lambert, Samuel Baer, uh, Mark Pellington, Hype Williams, Jake Scott, Jonathan Glazer, Steve Barron, Marty Colner and one Michael Bay. These guys all. So this was one of the cool things about it back in the day is if you were an up and coming director and you were struggling getting a film, you might be able to get a music video. And if you could show your chops in a music video, somebody might be willing to give you a film. So when you talk about Spike Jones and, and Michael Bay, they started with me. I mean, fucking Michael Bay and Mike and Spike Jones, right? I mean, they started with music videos on MTV mm-hmm. and look who they became. So I, I just think it's crazy to consider the fact that how important MTV was to, especially our culture when we were growing up, it was huge. And it, I think everybody in this room was affected by MTV in, a, in, in some way or another and probably multiple different ways. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. I'm not even sure who I'm actually. Well, none of us. There are just weird voices that would yell, I want my MTV all the damn time. I want my MTV. And it's actually become kind of a joke. And we called this episode, I want my MTV dot, dot, dot back. But it was Martha Quinn who coined that phrase. I heard her on a, giving an interview. And Martha Quinn is, is said, you know, I want my MTV back. And I'm like, oh, God, I want that T-shirt. Because <laughs> it's brilliant. Because we all want our MTV back. We don't just want MTV. We want what we had so my kids who are currently 15 and 17 like i said earlier in the show we're asking like what, what do we have now and, and that's the problem i don't really i mean hmm. you've got that youtube and vivo or vivo, vivo. whatever yeah. but i'm like you have to physically you have search, to search for it, it right you know? or climb down the rabbit hole or depending on your tv provider cable provider like yeah, some satellites, some, you can get like. But again, you can get Palladium, which does the live concerts. You get MTV Classic, which plays the old school videos in our blocks. It's weird because 
artists are still making videos. I've you know I watched they're just them. not oh, yeah, but as they're putting them up on some YouTube. <laughs> I watched that Ariana Grande video like a lot. Like I like I watched it a lot. Like I just, I didn't always have the sound. I just watched. <laughs> the last Ariana time I seen a video was over at Planet Fitness, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, they that's true on Planet Fitness when you're sitting on a treadmill or whatever yep. they have them up on the screen and shit. But that's just it. Like, but they're not featured in the same way. And do kids? Uh, we we are bunch of old men we can't really speak on this do kids give a shit about music videos anymore and if they don't i think it speaks a lot about the fucking kids not about the industry i although i know we are old men but i'm saying this from a kid who grew up in the 80s but loved 70s music loved 50s music 60s music Mm -hmm. your guys your music sucks i'm not saying there aren't good artists today they do exist but the majority of your music sucks balls my kids agree with me so i ain't got I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yep. Never like, understood the whole mumble rap crap. I don't get it at nope. all. When I play my kids rap, like from the '90s, they're like, "Well, this is good." I'm like, "Thank you." That's when music you're was welcome. Music. This is good. Like this is good rap. That sucks. That's this shit sucks. You know, here's good metal. You want to hear metal? I'm gonna play you some metal. And I was talking to my kids the other day. It was great. It was. I was telling Xander. I'm like, "Well, there are genres of metal." What? Well, yeah, you you refer to metal. I need to know which one you're talking about. What do you mean? I'm like, well, there's there's tons of different metal. There, death metal. He's like, there's there's death metal, hair metal, glam rock. What are, you, what are you talking about, man? I was like, and believe it or not, you know, speed metal and death metal are not the same thing. <laughs> like, so you thrash gotta, metal is not the same. Speed metal, Metallica, Megadeth, yeah. death metal, Slipknot. Yes. Well, uh, Slipknot is more of a speed metal. Uh, they borderline. So I don't like death other. metal much. Uh, I want to ask. Death metal, you're where getting does, into bands like Slayer, and even like, though they like were said, part of the thrash movement. It's kind of a, a borderline with Yeah, them, it is. They do both, really. But yeah, so I mean, but, but but see, we grew up in an era where we knew these things. And they developed those genres in our and era. Actually, if you, if anybody out there wants to really learn about the metal genres and subgenres, watch the documentary Metal, A Headbanger's Journey. That would be cool. And it will really, this guy is an archaeology student. Oh, that's cool. He just, he breaks it down from where heavy metal started all the way down to the subgenres of, you know, uh, black metal, Norwegian death metal, all that. I mean, he gets into everything. That's pretty cool. He's sort of the Indiana Jones of death metal. Yeah, he is. (laughs) And he's actually produced several documentaries and since then, he, uh, he's done stuff. Did he do the whole heavy metal series? Is that what? Uh, I'm not, not sure. Not the, not like cartoon. Borium and Steel. Not th- is Borium a real metal? I feel like it's close if that's not <laughs> it. Um, Borum, Borum, Borum. Shut up, I, I, I got the you feeling. Tried. That, I, 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 I tried. Get where you went. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was a stretch, but I went for it. <laughs> yeah, I think. I don't. I, and I don't know. Um, I see kids today. I I know they listen to their music, and that's great. Are they influenced? Like, like, and I I'm I'm literally telling you, I don't know. I don't see it, and I don't know how they would. Are they? And I'm sure to some degree, like our clothing styles and shit were influenced by what we watched on MTV. Are they to the same degree? I I don't think they could be. Bury them. Bury them. I knew I was close. I knew I was close. 
I looked to Kevin when I asked the question because I thought the nerd over there would know for sure. Like, oh, no, that's very like, like, like an enema, dumbass. I, I, I knew where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I was close. Um, that's my life these days. It sounded <laughs> so good. At almost 45, everything I say is, I knew I was close. I was in the ballpark. Right. Of getting to where I was going, I just I was in wasn't. the neighborhood. <laughs> I, I parked my car and looked over the fence. And went, oh, there you guys are! I'll, I'll drive around the block and get there. He, he not only speaks to he's he's in borderline. Oh no! Actually, Kevin eventually. and I had a conversation about this the other day. I'm getting a little nervous. Uh, I used to, speak to speak it, Stu. No, I used to understand Stu. These days. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about half the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. You don't even, you don't even Stu speak Stu anymore. Stu yeah, yeah. Stu, Stu gets confused by Stu. You guys, the Dexter Jackson thing. I'm telling you, man. They're, they're, how many of these were there? And then the Magnavex. Nope. <laughs> 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 he go. What? Uh, I don't know what idea. <laughs> it was just a lot. Of, he would stop himself. Like no. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I didn't do that a lot. I was like, uh, blah, blah, blah. nope. I mean, I could have gotten aggravated, but it was just too funny. <laughs> it was really amusing. Again, I keep telling them, well, you know what you're signed up for. No, no I didn't. No, sign you volunteered. Up. You volunteered it. You wanted. To I do volunteered. It. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, I did. I I think you're worse than you were like eight years ago. But <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, consider. Oh, wait. No. That's not me, actually. That's Dexter, not not me. You're, oh yeah, Dexter, oh yeah, yes, your cousin right. Dexter. Yeah. I always yes. forget. Yeah, yes, yes. Is uh, that the serial uh, serial killer? Uh, the football player. Let me ask you guys a question. Maybe, maybe not you so much, but I guarantee him. How bad did yes. you want a Michael Jackson jacket? I no. I actually had like, too, many, too many zippers. I had me. a oh, I loved zippers. I had a similar one, not the exact like the. I had like a black version, not the red version. I couldn't quite find it. I, I did. I did want the Thriller jacket. Yeah, though. that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Not the I, I had the oh, I had oh, the black Thriller jacket. I thought thing. you were talking about the. Beat I had black. I had a black like Thriller yeah, black jacket with the red trim. I, I, yeah, I didn't the have the I red had. one. The he wore jacket, red. Really Mine was want. it wasn't exact, but it was similar. No, I'm talking about the the Thriller jacket. Yes, I did want that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course you did, and. Like, it was okay to wear... I mean, I didn't wear a one-sequenced glove, but uh, like if I saw somebody, I was totally okay with it because Michael Jackson did that See, shit. I wore two because I feared being... Your other hand got cold? Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, and I didn't see anybody really dressing like Prince. That was the cool thing about Prince, though, right? I, Prince w- was Prince. Nobody was going to try to emulate well, No one's going to walk around with a ruffled Prince shirt. Prince and it was okay. I, I went to school with a guy who actually looked like Prince. Really? <laughs> so I got. It. So okay. how tall was he? Uh, do Does it not matter. Know. Hey, uh, was he on the basketball team like five eight or something? Uh, I don't five, think eight, he like played six sports. eight. What are you talking about? Prince was like short. Yeah, I know, but it would Prince be was weird. like five four, five five. But apparently, <laughs> but he wore like. Eight-inch stiletto heels. Well, I'm saying it would be weird if the guy he knows was like on the best. He looked just like like Prince, but he was super tall. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's tall Prince. Um, It was a white guy, but he actually had the the hair and the look look dead on I get what you're The pencil-thin mustache. Yeah. He tried to look like Prince. We know a lot of people with long hair. Uh, um, So follow me here for a second, guys. But uh, if there are any... uh, Photographers in the Cincinnati-ish area area that are interested in helping us out. We're gonna be working on a web page here soon, and um, 
wants a, f- a photo shoot. Uh, I was telling these guys what we want, though. I think each of us should represent. I think a, like a different era, but like I was telling, we had this whole talk the other night, guys. Mm-hmm. And this is brilliant. I was like, I want to do like eighties <laughs> and like eighties life touch laser beams in the background for whatever reason. I actually had a, a picture back in the eighties of me like wearing a shirt. It was a blue shirt. It didn't have a picture of, but it said Trans Am. <laughs> I don't know why. And laser beams in the background. We were talking about this, and I, I'm bringing this up when we were sitting at uh, Revel mm. the other night, and his cousin walks up, and he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he pulls out his phone and pulls up a picture of his wife with just the poofy. The glamour shot. Oh, my God. It was brilliant. <laughs> then he pulls up a picture of him from, like, 1990 wearing this like silver suit like i was like oh jc <laughs> like it is the best so i think it'd be great to, for the website for us to actually do like photos of ourselves from different like the 70s but because what was it we always have like photo drops of like fall leaves and hay bales mm, what yeah. the fuck why did we all want to be outside in the fall in all our pictures and shit i don't know actually i had mine with like uh red wine you were that's that was your uh senior year senior year picture though i'm talking about like pictures you got done in the 80s and shit it was always I weird did, i didn't have anything yeah, you done did. I, yeah, you did the olin mills he probably didn't have did you have olin mills in uh chicago uh, my sister actually had a glamour i think we did but uh the only time we ever cuz i Remember, my family took one, and it was it looked like a yeah. library in the background. That was it. Right? Why? Why? Yeah. We're gonna pull down this backdrop of books. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what exactly. What so it was. I told JC my uh, it was probably my not my senior year, probably my junior. I <laughs> I was wearing a, a so purple silk shirt and a turtleneck. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I I own that shit, man. And one of my school pictures. I was wearing a bolo tie. I don't fucking know why I ain't country, but I was wearing a bolo tie. <laughs> Who knows, man? My sister had a glamour shot that I still make fun of this day. It was like poofy hair and a gold glove, and she's all... It's like, it's so good. It's I mean, it's bad, but it's good. I don't know why we did that show. But if, if there's somebody who wants to come and help us out with it, just because it'll be a lot of fun. I think I might know a couple of photographers I'll reach out to. Great. Awesome. I mean, I want... I think one of us should do like total 70s. We got to find the clothes. I'm talking like bell bottoms and like... <laughs> like a leisure suit would be excellent. Kevin in a leisure suit might be the best thing I've ever Polyester. seen in my life. Polyester oh, suit. But uh yeah, I don't know how we got there, but we did well we were talking about fashion so I mean fuck I wore, I loved my parachute pants. We won't even discuss them. Yeah. The amounts the how much I loved my <laughs> parachute pants. Parachutes were cool. Yeah. And most of the stuff cold in the winter time, but they were cool. <laughs> most of the stuff was affected by MTV mm-hmm. because we got to start seeing that was weird uh we just we saw the cultures of people that we wanted to emulate i mean you these were the cool people right um and it affected me in so i'm curious how much it affected your guys's um yeah i know i knew the picture you were talking about man i I didn't even that was a senior picture i knew yeah i seen that one your little mustache (laughs) look like two little dead caterpillars on each side of your face because they didn't connect in the middle there was one on this side one on this. It's like the start of fuzz. One on this. And, and his serious face. They told me to do that. <laughs> they made me do it. I wanted to be like. <laughs> now explain to the people what you did. I cheesed it up. <laughs> I made a big old cheesy grin. Because his face is very serious. Like in the picture, it's like, look at me. I'm a senior. 
<laughs> and he's got, in case you didn't know who he was, there's an airbrush license plate behind him that says stew. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> you can tell what era, though. You can tell that's the 90s. Man. Oh, yeah. That's great. That's very 90s. It's so awesome, though. Um, yeah, though, but I mean, uh, I'm kind of curious, like, how much and in what way would you guys say MTV, MTV directly, how did it... it affect your music choices in life and and what like is there a specific thing you can think about i can like i i talked about it i will tell you right now my introduction to one of my favorite artists peter gabriel was because of mtv oh there it's all the video yeah big time Mm -hmm. yeah it's great but sledgehammer it won like the music video award uh that year and i remember watching that video and just be like what the Oh, yeah. Sledgehammer just blew my mind. Yeah. There's just certain videos that just... Land of confusion. That, that's, yeah. That, those are Croft two that puppets. stick with you till the, end, till um, the day you die. Mm-hmm. Might also be not the sole reason, but a big portion of why I'm a big fan of the band we'll be going out on tonight, which is Dire Straits. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, really influenced... I, and uh, again, one of my all-time favorite bands. Um, my first introduction to them was MTV, and then um, my stepfather at the time actually was a fan of them. So even though I was introduced to them through their fucked-up video on MTV, he luckily when I said you know I like this stuff, he's like, well here, here's some of the music, and that's the Cars, because um, you you might think where he's flying around where Rick Ocasek is a fly in the bathtub. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty fucked up, but. I remember watching that video and be like, these guys are great. And he's like, well, here, listen to them. So MTV directly affected me in a couple of, I mean, in some of my all-time favorite bands. I mean, did they, would you guys say they affected you in any way? Or is there any specifics you can think about? I'm going to download the fucking Jeopardy music. Well, I I would say for me, like, as far as, like, my love of metal music. I mean, you know, we had Headbangers Ball. What, 87 is when it started? I think... I, I, that's where you know I saw the premiere of Iron Maiden. Can I play with Madness? That was my favorite Iron Maiden song. And you know you've got Metallica's very first video debuted on MTV. The song One. I, mean, I remember that video well. I, that's the one you hate. These a lot. were these were epics. I mean, you always refer to it to the fact that I like. I I just don't like the song. I, I don't have like comic book villain hate towards it. I just think it's a little drony. One. It, it can be. Favorite. I love Metallica. I just that song is not my favorite. And, and it definitely introduced me to a lot of new artists coming up in the late '80s, early '90s, mid '90s. Yeah. You know, uh, like uh, Tina Turner. You know, I never even heard of like Tina Turner doing like we old '60s music. Hero. That was a huge. That was a huge. Yeah, video. but my dad kind of like educated me like. No son, listen to this. And no son, listen to this. No yeah. son, no listen. son. I picture your dad's voice sounding just like James Earl Jones. No, no son. son. I'm thinking more like Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, I think. Yeah. Kevin Coleman. I can't do it. My friend <coughs> Ander Dufresne. That's how you got to get into. Ander Dufresne. That That's how you get there. Ander Dufresne. Ander Dufresne. Kevin Coleman was a son of a bitch. I just oh, that's not very nice. I just, you I know just, his no, mom. I, no, that's not what that means. <laughs> shut up. His mom's awesome. You shut your mouth. 
I just think it's. I just want to hear Morgan Freeman like cuss people out, but not yell. Just stay at his same tone. You that same monotone level. I didn't mean that. The, it was just funny to yeah. hear Morgan Freeman. I mean, he had to make it uh, something that it wasn't. I didn't mean it. Whatever. I, I love you, brother, but he dick. <laughs> <laughs> so what about Show you? That slide whistle right up your booty. What? Wouldn't it be funny if he stuck the slide whistle up his ass and and then it went. <laughs> I just fart the slide whistle sounds. Went totally immature, but yeah, some funny yeah, shit. You did. Really is some funny shit. Here we go with the fart wiener jokes again. So what about you, dipshit? How did MTV affect your life? I'm about to affect your life. Really didn't foot do affected a lot. I mean, I watched the videos. I didn't really uh Yeah. Fashion choice. Well, I already know that <laughs> your sister got you listening to Motley Crue. Right. I I mean I used to watch the videos on end, but uh, there were no bands you uh, were introduced to, or um, probably in the the mid nineties. Though it was, uh, well, I don't, Offspring I don't, I don't know if you know this, but we talk about the nineties on the show. Well, we're, I thought we were talking about the beginning of it. But well, we are, but this is still MTV in the nineties. We're, we're still to talk we're about talking it. about the first fourteen yeah, years of MTV. It's a little yeah. more than that. Like, I, I, that was funny that we were all posting that online, but. It went a little longer than fourteen years. Ninety one. Yeah. I'd say. I'd say it was right around the ninety five mark that it really just went. Yeah. So right about fourteen years. Yeah, right about fourteen years. Now that I said it, yeah, it's, sure. it's right on. Uh, it's right on par, actually. I mean, the uh, <laughs> the offspring was like the one I found oh, out on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That band? No, not that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That no, the the whole keep it separated. Uh, got to keep separated. That's the... <laughs> what I found fast. That's why we were, he was hoping he drew your name. Keep it separated? Because that's the album. You would have probably been listening to Smash. Such a good album. He liked it. Who? Who? What do you mean I liked no, it? No, I'm saying if he would have listened, you, you liked it, so I know that... He's, it was so weird. Like, he liked it. Yeah, I love it. What are you talking about? You didn't introduce me to the Offspring, bitch. No, but I'm saying who the fuck do you think you is? He thinks that uh, like my music bitch, sucks. If anybody, you know, I fucking introduce you to the Offspring. Like, fucking listen to this shit right here. That's the story I remember. Mm-hmm. We were probably both. Just, we were just listening to it when we met each other. We, you know. Um, no, I think he would like Smash. I think you'd probably like it. It's, it's worth listening to. How do you know I don't like your music? I probably won't, but still. Mm-hmm. I think you're more likely to like his music than he is to like yours. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. Stu's kind of close-minded. When it comes to music, you're a little close-minded. You don't like... I like what I like. We know. And you don't like anything else. So, there, I mean, like... I think a lot of those shows like Headbangers Ball and Yo! MTV Raps definitely played a huge part in influencing people I don't, and listening to... I don't know to, if I like, saw the, the music video on a certain show... But I, I do know, like, that's how I started listening to them. <laughs> so I think that. That, to, like, Spanky's point, though, like, a lot of people, say you were into metal. Yeah. You would watch Headbangers Ball because you were into metal, and then you would see a band on there that you had not, and you would go, oh, I'm... A, I'm or bands that you have heard of, you're just like, cool, there's like, a fucking think, video. See, and this is where I think kids fall short today. So the way I grew up, so my favorite band, my favorite band, everyone, what's my favorite band, everyone? Queen, Queen. Okay. Do you know why Queen is my favorite band? You know how this started. So I grew up hearing Queen songs. Never really connected till high school. They became my favorite band in high school because of Bohemian Rhapsody. 
what happens is I'm listening to Bohemian Rhapsody, and I'm like, yeah, I love this song. It's really good. Well, if this song is so damn good, I bet I like other stuff by this band. And I went and bought their albums and listened to all of their stuff. Now, turns out I knew most of their stuff anyway, you know, because mm-hmm. I've been listening to them my whole life. But I don't think kids do that shit anymore. They don't. You know, and... It, when I would watch MTV and I would hear a song by Peter Gabriel or the Talking Heads, I would then go, oh, I like this song. Now I'm going to go check out the whole album. And that's then how That's when you go to Sam Goody and listen to like certain ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. I think there are still a few FYEs around, right? I only know of one. Ooh. Kenwood. Um, yeah, the one that Florence. was in- Oh, Florence, it was Florence, yeah. Florence oh, like Kenwood, yeah. Yeah, the one. No, there Tri- was one Kenwood, I think. God, I used Tri- to County shut down. I mean, that's just it. I love going. There's only a few stores left We loved now. going to the fucking record stores. I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. And it, maybe it speaks Maybe it speaks to why your music sucks now, because you're not into it. Like, you know, last episode we did was the, poli- the politics of singing. The, the Right. S- mm-hmm. How politics were in song and how influential those songs were and changed. F- listen, fuckers. Music changes the world. It does. Music sets your attitude. I promise you. I've said this all the time, and everybody knows it's the thing I say, but it's 100% true. I was listening on the way home. Yeah, it's very true. It's 100% true. If you are in a bad mood, put on 80s pop music. I promise you will not Especially stay. Katrina and the Waves. And if you listen, there, it is impossible to be sad during... Walking on Sunshine by... Sun- sunshine? Fuck off, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I will. Thank you about Madonna. <laughs> 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 it is impossible to listen to Katrina and the Waves sing Walking on Sunshine and stay sad through that song. No, it's not. It's not possible. You're going to be like, <laughs> well, And, and not just happy. that song, music in general. It, it changes your mood. Well, I mean, the, you got grunge and some of the emo stuff that tends to get a little. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he's saying it changes your mood. Yeah. So he's he's right. Oh about yeah, that. yeah. Okay, yeah. Just and, don't listen to Nirvana. And going back to MTV, the music can set the tone, and so can the video. It now this is like way later, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give a good example. I'm going to give two good examples. These are both from the '90s, mm-hmm. but these are good examples of how video can set the fucking mood. Closer. Yep. And sober. Yep. Oh my Those God. videos will fuck you up. I'm watching it going, I can't turn away. What is that little dude doing? I don't know. He's fucking high, vibrating and bouncing on the screen. Scares the shit out of me. And what is crawling through that tube? I still don't know. Sober. God, that was weird. That's a good video, though. I yeah, love that is. song. And closer. I mean, but that's just it. They set a tone. They set a pace. Thriller sets a tone. I mean, n- never in your life have you been so scared but wanted to dance. <laughs> yeah, it sets a tone. So, and people are still doing that dance to this day down there, like down at Funtown in Kissimmee. Yeah, oh yeah, they will do the thriller dance all the time. the zombie walk that they do oh, down there. Yeah, like I said, like I said online after I got my vaccination, I was like, "Listen, I don't know about y'all, but I think it looks fun as hell to be a zombie." And I posted the <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got five G now. So I'm amazing. Five G going on. Oh, okay. So I just saw the I saw the best meme. This guy is like in a doctor's office, and they're like, "Okay, sir, you got your first shot. Now you come back." No, I'm done. 
what? No, you have to get a second shot. I have all five. I'm like, what do you mean all five? He's like, I have all five. Now I am all powerful. Johnson and Johnson, Moderna, Pfizer, some weird ass place called AstraZeneca. And like <laughs> the doctor's like, it doesn't work like that. And the guy goes, uh, uh, starts going like this. And the doctor starts <laughs> flying around the room, smacking into walls and shit. You're like what that is this? Is some video I saw online. I was cracking up. Dude, that's like, hilarious. <laughs> doctor's like, ah! <laughs> it was so good. Anyway, sorry. Thought it was funny. Brought it up. Because <laughs> dude's like, I have 5G. And it made me think of that. Because. Yeah, uh, MTV. Um, if you uh, are young and listening to the show, I mean, that's kind of cool. And full of fun. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's weird going PG. Yeah, that's the Tech Nine version there. <laughs> <laughs> young, dumb, full of fun. If you're young and listening to the show just because you're like, you have this weird nostalgia kick, whatever, and you're curious, I mean, you can get on YouTube and watch hours. In fact, if you put in. Uh, uh, like the the beginning of MTV, you can watch the first like day of it. You can watch, watch the first few hours of it. Uh, get to watch some Buggles, followed by Pat Benatar. Um, Michael Jackson, I think, was played on day two. I want to say I don't remember, but you know, first couple hours of MTV, you can go back and watch it and see what it was all about and decide if you. Okay, here we go. Here's what we're gonna ask. Ready? <clears throat> Hot or not, Martha Quinn. Hot. Martha Hot. Quinn. Hot. Weird looking. <laughs> really? Weird. That she's, wasn't one of the options. Kind of cute. Uh, yeah, you said hot not or not. She's, I'd shut up. I was giving my. She's, she's kind of hot. One or the other. She, she needs to eat a cheeseburger or two. I'll give her my sauce. Nina Blackwood what was hot, that? but she sounded weird. What is that? I thought back in the day Nina Blackwood was pretty hot, yeah. personally. It sounded she like was. she smoked too many cigarettes. Uh, what, is, uh, what is the place we went to the other night and got the burger from? Oh, the burger place. Bra- Bra- uh, shit. Um, Braxton's? It's like Jackson's or something? Yeah, like, no, Jack Brown's, I think. I don't know, but it was, that burger was fucking good. I want to go there now and get a burger. That yeah, was a damn good burger. It was a good burger. It's what made me think of that? Good, I don't know. It's a good, juicy burger. Because I said that Martha Quinn needed to eat a cheeseburger. She, that was it. She's cute. Yeah. She's cute. Tabitha Soren, hot or not? I don't know. Can't who is it? Yeah, it's what? Jack Brown's Beer and Burgers. Oh, who, who is it? Who is she? She was. Uh, she also had a spot on MTV News, The Redhead. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. She was <laughs> The Redhead. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Redhead. Oh, there was another downtown redhead. Julie Brown. There was another Redhead on hot, there. Hot, hot, and I love the accent, I mean, so it all worked. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, as soon as he said the Redhead, the name clicked. I know exactly. The long straight hair. Yep. Yeah, downtown Julie mm-hmm. Brown was hot too. Yeah, I'd do her. Yeah. She wouldn't do me, but I'd do her, so it's all good. Yeah, so that's it. That's our MTV coverage. I mean, that's our first part of our MTV coverage. Uh, we went, we 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 went two hours, but hey, we're we're still down. You know, we're working out. We're gonna get there. Um, like I said, we really yeah, want. Yeah, she's hot. We really, <laughs> we really <laughs> we had to up. look her up. So. Dude, we really want some interaction with you guys. So like I said, you can write us. Uh, we are your mix. We are your mixtape podcast at gmail We are yours. Uh, like I said, if you want to sing some karaoke, fucking send that shit in. Actually, start doing that. It'd be great. can't wait to hear it. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know uh, episodes you'd like to hear. Um, interviews. D- now, don't be crazy. Don't be. Don't be like writing within the realm of possibility. Interview Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Okay. Get right on that. I'm sure Keanu isn't busy or anything. 
Yeah, he's not uh, all filming the Matrix trust me. Five. If you have a, if you have a connection and you want to give us Oh, he's beyond four now. Is that doing two? <laughs> oh. Um, but we actually, we're reaching out to a few people, and uh, we are kind of a weird show, because uh, we want weird people that we think will entertain you, and we think we might have a few, and we're going to go for it. Uh, but please write us and let us know what you think of the show, and just tell us some of your crazy ass. Tell us your thoughts about MTV back in the day, what you love, what you hate. And don't text, just write an email. Slug. <laughs> that was random. If you wouldn't have added slug at the end, none of us would have known what the fuck you're talking Matt, you're allowed to text me. He texts me the whole time he's listening to the show. Right, I kind of both. enjoy it. Uh, again, as always, we want to thank Mr. Skiznot. Uh, we, you heard a couple pieces of his music tonight. Of course, the mixtape theme song was his, but also the Tech Talk music was his. Uh, not the background music, the intro into the Tech Talk. He's done a lot for us over the years. He's a great dude. That is Skiznot. The awesome guy. Please go <laughs> check out our. Uh, <laughs> sh- not. <laughs> please go. Ch- please stop it. No. Please. <laughs> I can't concentrate. Uh, oh, good fuck. Please go check out our friend's shows. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Please tell your friends about us. In fact, fuck you. Tell your friends about us. Tell them. Uh, we are going to be working on some merchandise. Merchandising. Not a lot. We kind of talked if about you it. Love a us, bit tell of swag. Your, if you love us, tell us, tell your friends. If you hate us, tell a lot of your friends. <laughs> I think you, your heart was in the right place. You didn't say it right. Aren't we? Tell your enemies. It's tell your friends. If you hate us, tell your enemy. You know, tell all your enemies. Something like that. But you're you're close. You're, yeah, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh there goes the crazy train. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's it. Um, guys, we really appreciate everybody listening. Like I said, share us with your friends. Uh, expect a few changes coming down the road uh, when we get to the live episode. When we get there, build up our listenership. We'll take you to the live episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some really interesting game shows that are going to be coming. Uh, we have some really cool topics we're going to be talking about. We've uh, put together a huge list of different things. We're kind of arguing which our next episode will be because we have a couple of really crazy ideas. We're going to be doing some more verses. Actually, I don't know if we've done any verses. Mm-hmm. We've done some top fives. I don't know if we've done verses yet on this show. So verses, verses are when we each we all take, not all, but we group up different sides and we argue which is better. And some of the verses that are going to be brought up, for example, are Madonna versus Cindy Lauper, mm-hmm. Prince versus Michael Jackson, uh, Sega versus Nintendo, eighties DC versus eighties. That's going to be a nerdy ep- episode. But crack versus cocaine. Yeah, aren't they the same? Yeah, crack cocaine. One's a rock, a solid form, form. powder form, whichever you like. I yeah. like my rock, paper scissors. I like the old booger sugar. I like it in rock form. I like I to bend my spoon. The, I prefer the sweet leaf myself, but that's just me. I like. I know some that grows that stuff. So do I. I like, what is happening? Here? Yeah, just it's just it's just went from a, a music show to like a drug show. So tonight on a stoner, we cast. transitioned. <laughs> uh, tonight hey, he's made it back. Hold on, hold on. So tonight on the stoner cast, Stu tries acid. <laughs> wow, what I didn't have a really this, good man? time, man. Where did my penis this? go? And that's before he took it. But oh. <laughs> I think it's on here. Yay! I picked the right one too. That was good. I just randomly hit one of those things. 
All right, guys. So uh, that is it. Again, we will be talking to you. That's not the right one. If you hit, that's not it. No. What are you trying to do? I don't know. I was going to punch something. <laughs> Go punch the clown. What? <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm going to. I'm going to say the words we say now. Appreciate everybody listening. We'll talk to you here in a couple of weeks. And until next time, everyone out there, remember to always stay Stay awesome.
Stewie's on. He's in the other room, so we can talk about him now. I saw him taking his sock off as he was walking out, oh out my of the God. room. Yeah, I was getting ready about to light that uh, masturbation game. I saw him pulling a lighter out, too. He's like, if I hear, like, let's get it on. Yeah, if I hear, let's get it on, I'm out the door, dude. Sorry. 